93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Who here in the studio is on their period? Uh, Nobody. Nick, Steve? Yeah. No. no? Ladies? We have some ladies in here. Anybody? Yeah, we have one. Listen, the reason I, br- I brought it up that, uh, that casually is because some of the stigma is continuing to dissipate amongst women who are at that time of the month. And Steve sent me this article from the New York Post. I saw it today. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I never thought of this. Uh, Apparently, some parents are having the idea to throw a period party for their teenage daughters. What? When they have have their first period. What do you you think about that? Because they they serve red velvet cake, which is awesome. For years, we talked about this, that there was that commercial where it was like where the the young girl, you know, got her period for the first time and her parents were like, well, let's celebrate. We'll go for ice cream. There was some sort of commercial. Yeah, there was some sort of commercial back in the day where they were, yeah, where they were pretty much celebrating it. Okay. Hey, why don't we go for some ice cream, Sean? Uh, well, yeah, Steve, actually, the party favors include uh, packs of tampons, sanitary towels, uterus-shaped uh, cakes, and, and you know, the, uh, cakes that will that will be red. And, and, uh, I'm sure red velvet, right? So, so uh, the, and the, well, the whole purpose of sort of diminishing, as you said... The stigma. The stigma. The yeah. terrible fun years to come. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not fun. I know. And part it of the reason... the worst thing ever. Part of the reason they're doing this, Kathy, is because... And listen, I have, I have a young daughter. She's 11 years old. We're going to be getting oh, there. We're going to be getting there soon. And they're... Girls can be scared of this. Well, so I look think, at Carrie I think for Christ's sake. Part they, of it, she was vilified. She freaked out. Absolutely, she saw what she did to her uh, her prom. I think that burned part, the whole goddamn thing down. That part of it is that for sure. But then there are also, I think, the girls that um, go a little bit later. So like you're almost waiting. Wait, everybody has it. All your friends have it, and you're the last one. So then when it comes, <laughs> that would be when you would get the cake. You finally got it. You can join the rest of them. Right. So, so at that at that level, Preston, I guess though it's much less painful and just more surface stuff pubes getting your pubes is sort is sort of a quasi rite of passage at a certain oh, level for a guy for a yeah. guy it's nothing that yeah. you have to clean up or clean up like so that, so but, but yeah. with amongst um young ladies kathy that that's Sort of unspoken. You're you're late to the party, so to speak. Yeah, like I was late to the party, and but, okay. But so at that point, I fully understood it, and I was okay with the fact that I didn't because everyone was like, "You don't want this. Like, okay. like be right. happy that you don't have it for so long." But Steve, you're right about that. I didn't think about that because I was late getting my pubes. Yeah, and I was self conscious about sure. it. Sure, oh, yeah. it was even like armpit hair. I, How I late? Was late getting that. Um. Case, I don't remember the age. Maybe eighth grade or something like that. Oh, dude, I didn't have armpit hair until I was well into high school. What about pubes? Uh, pubes. All right. So I sprouted my first pubes in sixth grade. Do you remember when you when you got your first pube? I did. Oh, was like I was like, oh my god, it, there it is. Oh. It's there. <laughs> I uh, tell but, you, I was. But that was in eighth grade when yeah. I got my first pube, not but, not armpit hair. But pube. also, <laughs> like, so I had my first pube, but. I, I, again, I didn't fully sprout until I was well in high school. The penis just didn't grow. Yeah. yeah. That's no, weird like, when your pubes are longer than your <laughs> Yeah. Um, I will tell you this. It was embarrassing enough um, for me that I would not. There was a guy who would film us for money in, in town. And shut I, up. I would not go please. over. Please, would you <laughs> no, shut no, up? No, no, no. Actually, I was I was kind of right on schedule yeah. with that. But it was still, it's still something that everyone, I at guess, whatever level, when you're going through the formative years, yeah, if you perceive period. yourself as being... A late bloomer or whatever, it's going to wreak mental havoc. And breast growth as well for women, that's a thing. I'll tell you what, I was terrified of for a long time, tampons. 
Listen, okay, I can imagine that. I I, I couldn't swallow them. When I was a kid, that, that's not, no, you don't swallow them. Oh, you don't? Them. No, 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 no. They'll They're not marshmallows? Uh, when, when I was a kid and I was probably in maybe like fourth grade, third or fourth grade or whatever, my sister was going through that. She's older than me. Uh-huh. And I remember, man, we, we were like coming home from church or something like that. And in the car, I found a little instructional little i guess it comes with the tampons or whatever yes yeah and it, and it showed the diagram yeah. on how to use it i'm looking at this i'm like you do what, what is this we need to go right back to church and yeah. i'm like yeah i'm like you, I, will, I not, you I will not believe what your daughter's doing i didn't say anything but i knew that this was for my sister and i'm like yeah i'm like what what is this all about and then i immediately i'm like she has to do that no. well and so the worst part for me was swimming because i was a, a diver you know so yeah. once i was old enough where i got this i then for a week would not go swimming so well, you know sharks but my mom was like listen you have you have to learn how to do this like i can help you i can show you i was like get the hell out of here you're not were you in? showing your me sure. yes. I, and your mom is as a but i mean still I'm sure you're scared, crapless, and uncomfortable, and it's it's got to be weird. So maybe there's it's blood. Maybe to this point, well, the party though it is kind of weird. Um, if that helps, then maybe that's a good thing. I, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Period parties. If you're just tuning in, that's what we're talking about. I, I'm not opposed to it, but why? I don't. Well, understand. then I think you need to throw pew yeah. parties. I just talked about that. Yeah, um, Preston, the pew party has to be part of it too. That's not a bad idea. Kath, what grade were you in when it finally came? Oh, I was. Oh my gosh, I, f- I forget, but I th- I was like well into like my friends got it around middle school. Like yeah. I was definitely into high school, like maybe ninth grade, end okay. of ninth grade. Okay. All okay, right. So, so uh, two things real quick. Um, apparently, Burt Kreischer threw a period party for his daughter. Uh, a bunch <laughs> oh. of people are, are texting and letting us know that. So um, I was trying to find the video, but he, I guess he did it about a. Oh, we got to see if we can get Burt. I guess is there was booze. He posted. Uh, yeah. I doubt it for like a twelve or thirteen year old yeah. daughter, yeah. but um, uh, the- for him. Uh, perhaps, yeah. Uh, I, I was looking for the video. I don't know. And then, secondly, Kathy, about the the tampon versus pads. I had a friend in college. This was, you know, she was eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, who um, was very religious and found. And I'm going to word this delicately, but a, a tampon was almost like losing her virginity. Too invasive. Wow. Too invasive. And so she used pads uh, throughout college. Listen, once I figured it out, I was that that was the way to go. But I still, ha- I have a friend of mine has two kids. She has has gone through childbirth and she still can't use a tampon. Wow. Yeah. Wait, I, why? I, she just like, it, it freaks her out. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she was able to push two kids out. Right. <laughs> you know? I, uh, so my friend, when she was growing up, and I thought this was weird at the time, when she shaved her legs for the first time, her mom was there with a camera taking that was a big. That was a huge deal. My mom didn't want me to shave my legs because she said, once you do it, mm. that's it. Like forever. What will the other Sasquatches think? Listen, but I remember, <laughs> I remember the exact first time that I shaved my legs because uh, I was with two other girls. They were older than me and we were going, I want to say like roller skating or something and we were in their car getting ready to go. We need romantic music. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. And and the girls, we all like had our legs up on the seat and I remember looking at my legs and being like, oh my God, there is my hair on on my legs is way too long for this. And I, they lived right down the street from me. I ran home, Mm. shaved my legs, went back and went roller skating with my friends. Your legs are so hairy. You you have very hairy legs. (laughs) What kind of creature are you? (laughs) Do you want to be taken to our leader? Uh. Uh, So... You just had you had any instruction? Did you did your mom help you? Did you just go in with the razor and shaving cream, and you pretty much you know how it works. Yeah, right? I knew how it works. It's not like you need an instruction. My mom just said, "Listen, once you do it, that's it. Like you can never stop. Then you know it's just gonna continue to grow." What so. about your armpits? 
Shaving that nose. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Not um, as big a deal? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot more surface area on the legs. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it's interesting. You remember, we've uh, we've had this discussion before, not about period yeah. parties that are apparently becoming more prevalent. Instead of throwing more Period parties there. are prevalent. Yeah. Um, but you remember we've had women call in and say that when they had their first period, that their mother smacked them in the face. Yeah. Oh, that that was... it was some kind of a, a, a religious based thing, or it's wasn't that like the Italian for yeah, yeah yeah I thought that was because you called gravy sauce no no uh, well that's another yeah. issue as well no but uh, but there's some kind of archaic thing where you have to cause pain or something like that I don't know what it is but it was you gotta be cool to be kind yeah in the right measure I'm bad so bad uh, let me go to Stephanie hi Stephanie you're on the air good morning. Thank you for calling in, Stephanie. What's up? So, I'm 39 years old, and my first memory of my period was my mom getting me a dozen roses and my parents and my brothers, because I have an older brother, younger brother, taking me out to dinner. So, I think these period parties, I don't know about a party, but (laughs) great because... You know, my first memory of my period is getting flowers. It's not a hard, oh, my God, I'm bleeding and cramps. And, oh, <laughs> it's a great, it's an actually a good memory of, you know, becoming yeah. a woman. That's, that's pretty cool. That's I so, like that. so And so that's set in your mind as a, listen, it's the thing itself is not so thrilling, but you weren't traumatized by its arrival. Exactly. And I plan on doing it with my daughter. I mean, she's four, but yeah. I plan on doing it with my daughter because... You know, I have friends that are all have kids that are getting their period and I'm sharing my story with them. And they're like, oh, well, that's great because they're all like, oh, my first period was horrible and everything like that. But my my memory is great. And so, Stephanie, you think you're going to do like that? You're going to do like a dinner? You, you're, you, you seem to not be down with the party concept. I don't know about the whole period party. I mean, we're everybody's making parties for anything. I know. I know we were talking about that. It, it's it's like it's almost too many parties, but I think a nice dinner with the the flowers. I think yeah. that's pretty nice. Yeah, right. And I said that's what I plan on doing. It was a great memory for me, and I plan on keeping going with my daughter. Yeah, when you have to hire a clown, you've gone too far. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's true. Yeah. Well, I think maybe maybe the term party is a bit much. It might not mean inviting, inviting twenty five <laughs> people over. It may just be uh, you know you and a couple of friends and your family, and that's it. You know, I don't know because you know there's going to be period party plans. Planners uh, oh that you're going to have to hire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, a last year, 12-year-old Brooke Lee from Florida made headlines after her mom, Shelly, threw her a period party. Lee was given a chocolate cake decorated with red icing as well as a pizza, pads, and tampons. Uh, Shelly revealed that she organized the event after Lee confessed that she was worried about starting her period. She said, I wanted to make this event a little more fun. Uh, later, Lee's 17-year-old cousin, Autumn Jenkins, shared images of the event on Twitter. Caption, Brooke started her period today, and my family is... Is super extra, super extra, yeah. not just super, super, yeah. extra. super extra. When you so as you go through puberty, did, did you uh, did you get acne? Uh, yeah, but not bad. Yeah, I, you, I got zits. I got pimples. I anything didn't get like acne. that though makes you freak, though, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. any, your body's changing, and you just freak. Sure, and, absolutely. And did you have an uncomfortable period of time, a la Peter Brady, where your voice is cracking and changing? Not that I remember. Or were you always this? My, I was just my Mellifluous. my issue were pubes and uh, and being skinny. Okay, uh, because I was really like borderline frail. I was so okay. skinny. You know, I I took liver pills to try and gain weight. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, huh. absolutely. And this was up until I was about like eighteen, 
And uh, then once I started drinking, I didn't have to worry about being skinny anymore. (laughs) The old, you had to run around in the shower to get Budweiser took care of that. (laughs) Budweiser, you created a monster. (laughs) I was drinking stuff. Stein. Um, So, and in fact, uh, this was uh, last year a charity called Bloody Good Period and the Cup Effect uh, teamed up to host a huge period party. This is in the U.K., uh, the group said, over the course of an evening, we'll cover all you need to know about the cups, fannies, and periods. By the way, they call the front uh, fannies over in uh, England. Oh, really? They, oh, do they? Yes. How backwards. Yep. Uh, about cups, fannies, and periods in a small group of awesome, like-minded babes, said the group. Mm. So they had a big event where a lot of people could come uh, well, to it. Listen, I guess this is better than the alternative. And, and also, at that at that age, um, if you get it at the wrong time, yeah. could, you know? It could, yeah, it's a little... So like, 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 like at school or it's a school. la Carrie, where, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah. yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Because That's... the little boys, they don't know. And they're, you know? The worst they do is crap their pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which... So you know, bad. maybe they should do that in honor. Crap party. Yeah. Let me go to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Good morning. I was calling about the uh, period topic and how I first got mine and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what was your experience like? So I was over my aunt's house. Well, she's my mom's best friend. Always called her my aunt. And we were playing hide and go seek or tag or one of those games. Some childhood I went game. To the, went to the bathroom. Stratego. Solved it. It happened. Didn't realize it happened. Went back to playing tag. Came back in a little bit later and realized that's what it was. So I told my aunt. She called my mom, who only lives a couple blocks away. She came over, and they're crying in the kitchen. And they're like, oh, my God, she's a woman now and everything like that. So I was mortified. I'm probably 11 or 12 years old. Yeah, I think if you see your your mom and your aunt uh, b- crying, and they and they and <laughs> even if they're crying for joy, if it's a rite of passage or, or whatever, it's still going to be alarming. Especially since you're you're bleeding, they're crying, and you yeah. have to cut your game of tag short. Yeah, and like I mean, they're like it's no big deal, but they're crying, and I'm like, are, are you sure? <laughs> they seem to be upset. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be hard. That'd be hard to deal with, isn't it? Weird though, at at eleven years old to be referred to as a woman at that it point. Re- you know what I mean? I was, I was referred to as a woman at eleven. <laughs> you, yeah, look at that little guy. There was that guy who used to film us. Yeah, right. Now your name is Velma. <laughs> now dance for me, you little monkey. No, but I mean, you you you're entering biologically into womanhood, but yes. but to be eleven years old and be referred to, you are now a woman. Wait, do, no, yeah, I'm yeah. not. Do you I'm, can, a, I'm a kid. Do you consider yes. yourself a man when you when it, at, at the point when of I got puberty? My pube? No. Yeah, no. Look at me, Look, mother. I'll be making the decisions in the house right. now. Right. Exactly. I have hair on my dong. Right. <laughs> I was out there playing tag, and I'm like, well, now I'm a woman. I was just a kid five, yeah. five seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, I mean, at that, exactly. But at that point, you can you know you could technically get pregnant and have a, a child. So uh, that's why they consider it, you know, you being a woman. However, yes, you are still a child. Yeah. You just have your period. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go next to Lynn on the phone. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. When I was 13 in middle school, I got my period. So I went to school nurse because obviously my pants and panties were a mess. So yeah. The room was a common place where all the kids that were sick, and then there was a bathroom off of it. The school nurse's desk was right there. So she gets on the phone with my mom while I'm in the bathroom with all the boys sitting there that were sick. Oh, man. Says, oh, could you please bring your daughter change of clothes? Because she just got her period. Oh. Uh. The freak 
freaking drained because now, like, all the boys, when I came out, knew, like, I had my period. Why would she do that? How, how old were well, you? What, what grade, Lynn, what grade was this in? It was, like, when I was in, like, eighth grade. Oh. I was, like, mortified. Of course. <laughs> oh, man. The only thing saving was when I came home, it was, it must have been near uh, Valentine's Day. And my mom come up to my room with this little heart candle that said, I love you on it. And she sat down on the bed next to me. And she said, here, I've been saving this for you. And oh, wow. now that you're a woman and had the little talk with me. And gave See, that's, and that's sweet, right? That's a sweet memory attached to something that was rather embarrassing. Yeah. I wonder at a certain age, Thanks, uh, Kathy, maybe you can answer this. Do, do you start arming a young lady with... To carry with to them? To carry with no, them? You know what? I didn't. No, it was kind of... No, I didn't. So. Yeah. I don't know. I guess some people, if you are aware that it's coming soon, you know, or you think it's going to happen, you it might be a good idea. But like, nah, that wasn't something that I next would. to your Hello Kitty thermos. How would you know? I mean, just age. Yeah, age maybe, and you wouldn't because, like I said, all of my yeah. friends were getting it, and I was like two years after them, so <laughs> I would have been carrying around a pad for two years. Can you yeah. have like like they, some people will have the, the the chicken pox party? Can you have a, a menstrual party? And oh my god, I forgot about the chicken pox party. Oh, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's another party <laughs> where you try to get your kids sick with chicken pox, which is stupid. To get by it out the way, of the you way. don't you don't want to do that. Yeah. The doctors recommend you not not do that. Do that. So I should uh-huh. not attend the gonorrhea party we're having in our neighborhood. Uh, that's it's totally up to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Menstrual I, I party would be like a bunch of cats attacking each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, this is kind of sweet, I guess. Uh, I got a, a text from a gal that says, I unfortunately got mine at a field hockey practice Oof. in high school, but my loving sister pushed me into the mud faking to fight me so that so I wouldn't be embarrassed. Oh, wow. wow. So she, so she got mud go. all over. That's is that actually, not cool? That's really cool. Man. Uh, I wish I had a sister who pushed me in the mud. Yeah. Right, so people would know you had your period. <laughs> what did you, what did you have to? Did you have to spread uh, barbecue sauce in her eyes? <laughs> you gotta sell it, man. You gotta sell. Yes. It. <laughs> did you have to back your car over? I was trying to make a point. Uh, here's wait. What is this? It says uh, my uh, my mother wouldn't let us shave our legs until we got our period. Wow. My sister was so excited to shave her legs <laughs> that she ripped a three-inch-long piece of the skin off her leg in the process. Unfortunately, oh that was God. a huge indication to all of her friends that she had just gotten her period. <laughs> so they all let the entire class know, Bucks Co. for life. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. how they do it in Bucks Co. Yeah. Well, I, you know, listen, these are... These are these are realities that I'm going to be facing soon. Someday I'll have my period. No, my yes. daughter's getting older. Casey, you've got uh, you've got a couple that you're yes, going to have to. Uh... <laughs> yes. You'll be a woman. Yeah, it's not something I've uh, I've really thought about. Uh, I've uh, just uh, figured my wife will handle all. She that. will. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, Rochelle will be cool about it too. Yeah, I think also, but you you have you have an understanding of how it's going to Im- impact her, and, uh, and and I think the notion of making it of trying to understand that and m- make it a a more of a rite of passage and a pleasant experience oh, yes. than yes, yes, yes. shocking the hell out of them. Yeah, exactly. And what what I what I hope doesn't happen is that she that she doesn't have the same issues that Rochelle has with that. 
uh, which is very painful. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough. She has a rough go at it every time, and it sucks, it's man. awful. My yeah. wife. It is terrible. She's got, get... like, debilitating. Really? Yeah, it's oh, really and... bad. She's gone to the doctor several times to try to figure something out. Yeah, wow. I, get, I get the same way. working on it. What's that? I, have this, I get the same way. And, yeah. and I always have my entire life. It led up for a little while, like, maybe, I want to say, in my 30s, but then... Fortunately, it all came back. Yay. Yay. Wow. Um, like and endometriosis also, or something? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't go to the doctor. But um, anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, needles. No. Yeah. Needles. I don't like that. But the, the My mood witch swing, doctor told me to swing a dead rooster over my head. The mood swing situation is the worst of it all. Oh, so but you're one, always so yeah, pleasant. Yeah. No. Trust me. It is the worst yeah. ever. Okay. Let me. Well. Do you feel it getting away yes, from you? Yes, yes, and there's nothing absolutely hormonally, no. but you're you're fighting what? Uh, that's got to be very frustrating. I said I I've said this before to you guys. Like I I something will happen, and I'm like I just get so angry, and then I'm like, oh right, like it kicks in. I'm like, okay, that's why. But it doesn't help. You just know hormonal imbalance. You just know why you just you're a bitch. Know. Same yes. thing with me. <laughs> like once a month, my my pubes grow in extra thick, and I <laughs> once a week, and I know I'm gonna yeah. be I'm gonna be. Don't want to deal with me. No. Uh, let me go to Morgan. Hi, Morgan. Good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. What's up, Morgan? Um, I have a story I wanted to share. I am one of three girls, and when we each got our own, our, our period at different stages, my mom took us out for a special woman dinner. Oh. Her and her girlfriend, Sue, used to go out for drinks and fry, fried ice cream. That was their girls' night. So she sort of gave us our own first girls' night, and we, of course, had virgin daiquiris. Okay. <laughs> you said drinks. I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah, we had alcohol. Yeah. Went to Chippendales and then smoked some meth. Morgan, where, where are you in, in line with your sisters? You uh, middle, the youngest, oldest, what? Oldest. You're the oldest. You had to go through this first. Yeah, I sort of paved the way. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess that's... She, she then you... Go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, you, then you, but you're able to then usher the others through because you've gone through the experience. Well, that leads into a whole other line of stories, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, that's cool. Um, with that, what else she did? She did um, rings for us. They're more of queen crown rings instead of princess tiara rings. Oh. And she said, made it very like, this is important. This is special. And you're not a princess anymore. You're a, a queen. Ah. And now she got them bigger. So we had ring sizers on like the plastic jelly underneath of it. And now we wear them when we have our. Oh, God. oh do you? <laughs> Yeah, my dad much. gave me a little tiara. I remember when yeah, I yeah, when I pubes. when I my first pube. Wow! And, uh, he said, "You're a queen. Yeah, you're a queen now." Hey, Morgan, <laughs> if you know what's good for you, Morgan, do you have kids? I actually am expecting, and I plan on doing the ring prince or, or queen ring with my daughters. That's um, what I was uh, curious if you were going to carry on that tradition. That's taking a tra- well, taking a traumatizing thing and making yeah. it more pleasant. That's right. very cool. Thanks, Morgan. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think. It's- remember, just watch Carrie and remember, see how bad it <laughs> yes, can go. It can go bad. <laughs> but I didn't know they were they were starting to have uh, period parties. Apparently, uh, that is the case. So I'm sure there are many traditions out there involved with that rite of passage, if you will. Do you think this is something that was started by the DJs? to get extra work? Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you mean the club DJs? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Darude's birthday today, by the way. Is we it really? Yes. Darude Sandstorm? Oh. Yes. Oh, we, well, then we have to play that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a classic. There you go. All the young ladies on the dance floor are having their periods. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break, friends. Thank you for your calls. This 93.3 WMMR audio on demand program returns after a brief word from our sponsors. 
Hey, what's up? It's Preston. Listen, I'd like to thank Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. Jack Frost and Big Boulder Ski Areas are officially open for the season. And WMMR's Day Up on the Slopes with Pierre Jackson is January 4th. Tickets are available now at WMMR.com while supplies last. JFBB, where the snow comes first. If you love paying for shipping, you're going to hate Steven Singer. Free shipping both ways, making return and exchanges easy. Visit him online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, I'd like you to make it a perfectly personal new year with our friends at Hannah Stone. Make it personal. Make it about you. You spent enough time over the holidays thinking about everybody else. Let's think about it you now. There's over 50 locations of Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa in Delaware, South Jersey, Philadelphia, the Lehigh Valley, and the spa services start at just $59.95. Take a look at what I'm talking about. Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa. Go to handandstone.com today. This is the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We welcome back our friend David Kettner. Yeah. And we also would like to welcome Rob Mayer. To yeah. Thank you. Gentlemen, we were told that Kathy would be here. <laughs> yeah. so, very upsetting. Yeah. So I still think she is. So yeah. you know, think you contain the delusion. Preston is. We're so. fair enough. Kind of hogs yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bigger fan of of you guys than she is. Oh, I like you, Marie. All right, <laughs> classic Marissa. <laughs> uh, so David, back in Philadelphia, you've been yes. here a few times. Yes, yeah. and it's uh, always dangerous here. Is it dangerous to you particularly? The station. Oh, well, oh, how we, so? Last time it was the BB gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. crack That's shot. right. You're here for crack shot. Yes. Yeah. Well, now there's there's, there's uh, a construction all over the place. You could die at any second from a, a head wound from oh, falling there you go. at any all second. Right. Yeah, wow. well, absolutely. Right. Uh, we're, all wearing, we're all wearing hair, our, hard, our hard hats, right? Yeah, now. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's good to have you back. You know, we, we now we also feel. Because of the Goldbergs, you're, you're an adopted Philadelphian anyway. Yes. And I wanted to ask you about the spinoff series, right. uh, which is, is it going to be named School, do you know? I think so. Any, are, you, are you any part of that? I'm not sure. I know I'm doing a bunch of Goldbergs this fall. Okay. And there's talk of maybe me going to do that one, too, because the gal that plays my daughter is on Lady. that one. Yes. yes. And, and, and she's, yeah, so she's a continuing character. But you if, should be. But they're 10 years apart. Because well. I think School's set in the 90s. Yes. And the yeah. other one's set in the 80s, so I don't know. You can play 90s. Okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's, it's, it's for us here, you know, and, and now we've, we've sort of, you know, uh, obviously struck up a bit of a, uh, a, a friendship, though ne- never having met Adam in person. Uh, and and uh, with uh, uh, with Cullen and uh, Callen, Brian Callen and, and uh, Tim Meadows has been Tim Meadows. By I think we told you this had no idea the series took place in Philadelphia. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he's here. And we he told him it was, it was in, a revelation in our studio, and we told him he's like, I didn't know it took place. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was around here. He thought it was on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He walked by Wawa because there's one right near Helium, and then I think it all started to oh, occur in his head too. All together. Yeah. So that yeah, it'd be great if that's the case. I mean, uh, yeah, but uh, my character uh, Bill Lewis is a, a Dallas fan, yes, which is a bone of contention. Yeah, but yeah. but you you've but you've shown you you, yes. you you you're now you're now friends. You've worked out yeah. your friendship. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. put those issues behind you. Some of the funniest episodes we were playing clips of you, uh, especially the exchange with you and uh, and Barry. Uh, and uh, and the the father at the door when they're cacaing in your face. Oh yeah, and, uh, and it, it was it was just great because obviously here with the Super Bowl victory, it was yeah. it was high on everybody's mind. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's funny. Are you in fact a Dallas fan? You, we no, won't no, 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 no,
Yes. Do you? Because obviously you hate probably like the Raiders and right. all the other teams in your division, but. Do you have a special disdain for Dallas as well? I think uh, most Americans do. Yeah. You know, and like, though everyone tries to yes. push this America's team nonsense yeah. on you. In fact, you even say it in, in the, it's a line in the Goldberg. Yeah. I, I bet I, the only reason I like Dallas, if any reason growing up, was because of the cheerleaders. And that was sure. it. Yeah, that was a big deal. That yeah, was that's it. fair. See, I'm a Redskins fan, so I, I obviously I hate the Cowboys. But yeah. And no one really hates the Redskins now because we're so bad. It's hard to hate us. Yeah. It's just like yeah. you feel sorry for us, basically. Yeah, yeah you almost want to. It's, it's a more paternal thing. You, 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 and we were that way. Listen, yeah. no, yeah. One, no one knew. Yep. Even the most um, adept prognosticator thought we were looking at a at a good year last at, year, at a, but not a Super Bowl Nine year. and seven, maybe. Nine and seven, yeah. eight and eight. Nine and seven at best. Because, you know, you listen to what the, the you know, the quote-unquote experts say on TV and radio, and, and everybody said, well, 9 and 7, 8 and 8. Plus, then when Wentz went down, it was like, well, that's over. That's yeah. over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a beautiful thing, though, for Foles to step yes. in. and That was beautiful. And the Chiefs did beat the Eagles last year, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we were talking about the ESPY Awards. Uh, have you ever been... I've never uh, we, been. We think it's the most, uh, it's maybe the most unnecessary award show. Is it? Uh, is be, it not, because, which is saying something, because yeah, almost every award show is unnecessary. And, 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 yeah, with a menu of, of useless award shows, it's it literally, as Preston has pointed out, you've won the award by winning already. Yeah. 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 You know? I would think, though, David, is your, your performance as uh, champ kind would yeah. warrant you being there. That's anyway. why I asked. You know? Just yeah. to add a little bit of awful to the, to the show. <laughs> you should host the show next year. Yeah, bring the awful. Champ Miami. would be so awful. Champ would probably say something about you, by, you guys better be standing up. For the national anthem, or something awful, yeah, yeah, yeah. something awful in line with the current awful. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so we n- never, ne- it's a, it's a never, no they never made I, an approach. I, I did the NFL awards honors a couple years ago. Uh, as uh, what's his name, the commissioner Goodell, Goodell? Goodell's brother Russell. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's had great. Long hair down to my shoulders. Uh, came out and said something nasty about Goodell. David, do you get asked or, or hired often to do characters? Like, do people say, "I want you know, I'll pay you however many dollars to come and do an event as Champ" or something like that? No, I've never had that. I wonder why. Are you offering? What do you What do you want? I mean, to yeah. Well, yeah. it's my. Rob, do you have any characters yeah. you do, Rob? <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I have been offered that once, but I was not interested. Because we we had um uh, we've had comedians in who've done roles and and the you know they'll do uh, corporate gigs or whatever yes and so sometimes you'll show up at this corporate gig and be expected to be a, a comedian that that corporation wants you to be at that particular show yeah that would be awful <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough at this yeah. point in your career I know uh, Rob you you're you're a, you're a seasoned comedian yourself I mean uh, you know but still you know you're are uh, you know? I don't know. I'll if take you're, worse uh, gigs. You'll take is what worse you're asking. Yes. <laughs> That's basically what I'm asking. You're paying me. I'll do whatever. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you ever done? Because for a few years, I did. I did stand up, and I was doing the most bizarre gig I ever did was for the the parent company that made Aramis Cologne. <laughs> and, and and it was it was very weird. But have you done anything like that? I done. So I did a nudist resort in West Virginia. A nudist wow. resort in West Virginia. Yeah. So just picture. 60-year-old white people, fat and naked. And yep. that's, that's the audience. Yep. So I love them. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Did they come naked to the show? Yeah. They, uh, it's the whole the, thing. They're living naked. They're that's living what naked. you're there for. The hardest wow. part was, well, that's a weird word, but it's, uh, they, they have a buffet. And you're like, 
I don't want. I can't eat <laughs> around naked people. It's just yeah. you're yeah. looking at down the buffet line, and that's oh, I don't want that. That's, that's, <laughs> so that and it's really hot in there because they're naked and you're and you're not. So you're so you're hot. So it's very uncomfortable. It's it's weird too with anything like that, whether it be a nude beach or or you know you would see nudies as a as a kid. You know, it'd be there the classic playing volleyball and all that stuff. But that. That, those aren't the people that go to nudist colonies. No, it's They're not, not the sexual. That, it's no, very, not, not it's at all. Free. This is who they are. They're old school hippies or something. That's that's the whole vibe. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, uh, and it's West Virginia, so and it I, just I, adds I, another element, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which I I believe and beautiful country, but yeah. uh, and I think maybe you guys will verify the dumbest place in the country by far. I don't know. I've been to Florida. <laughs> Florida's our Germany, we call it, because it, the amount of stories Preston does a feature, 80% of the stories out yeah. of that feature are from Florida. Yep. Yeah, we have a jingle called Florida Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Any, Anytime there's a story that, that leads with a Florida man, you know it's going to be a good one, and we, we have this jingle. Florida Man, Florida Man. It's just its own land. I should have said that we're playing Florida at the end of August. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back to Orlando. We were in Tampa earlier. Yeah. Uh, we, so. Tampa's but, not way, bad. You, yeah. you two guys, um, you're, you're touring right now. Does your relationship go way back? Sexual. Or? Sexual. Sexual. Yeah, yeah. Purely sexual. We had a nudist. We, right. We played we met. You right. met at a nudist colony. He was naked, and yeah. I, I saw, I, 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 yes, I want more he of that. He was by the potatoes on grop. Yes. <laughs> no, we met uh, four or five years ago in uh, D.C., where yeah. you, that's your hometown. Yeah, we did uh, this club outside D.C. I just happened to work with them, and then we hit it off, and then we've uh, probably done... Ten weeks, you know. It, we, we stand up with comedians who who uh, are, are seasoned and travel around a lot. Uh, you, you know, you, uh, you have an opener that you you and you sort of rely on. Yeah, and, and yeah. Then you're like, I, you know what you're getting. You know, and you know you're going to set the, the crowd sh- right. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> the whole show's going to be great. You don't right. have to worry about digging out a hole. Plus, Rob doesn't have any kid stuff. That he does. <laughs> right, <And> yeah. So, <clears throat> pardon me, sorry. I don't want to have to tell whoever my opener might be, like, hey, do you have kid stuff? You can't do it. Right, right. Because mine's, I got five kids. Oh, my God. Right, you if, know, if so someone five. eats up your material, right. yeah. yeah. Guess what I'm and I have zero kids. <laughs> yeah. Age range of your kids? A frames? No, age range. No, no, no. I do a lot of A frame jokes. Thank you. It's a big architecture act. Yes. Very uh, niche. And then I, I finish with the geodesic dome. Very niche. It's my closer. Come on. Our Mr. Fuller is your... That's hilarious. Uh, Charlie is 19. Margo is 16. Sergeant and Audrey are 12. Sergeant is yeah. a great name. Yeah, is right? Yeah. And then Eve is 7. Okay. Wow. Oh, I sat by... Seven on the way out here, I came to ta- to New York to do a, a thing for Misfits and Monsters, Bobcat Goldthwait's new... The new yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. yeah our, our video guy, Nick, was, was telling us about... Uh, telling me about it. It's, it sounds really cool. It's it's like a, a, a Twilight Zone-ish, yes. Black Mirror-ish yeah. sort yeah, of deal. Yeah, an anthology series. You play a werewolf politician? I play a yes. politician that turns into a... Well, it's an <laughs> allegory story of the current uh, clown that's uh, in the White House. <laughs> it's a guy, an evil guy, but he happens to be a werewolf. All right, right. And so, and they're like, "So, do you have anything in your history?" Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm a werewolf. (laughs) Uh, Anything else? Ate a toddler once. (laughs) When I was a werewolf. Yes. Uh, And then people find out about him being a werewolf, and he still gets elected. There you go. Because then they got people going, "I want a werewolf in the White House." (laughs) Right. Goldthwait is a uh, not to go off on a a tangent because 
want to talk about uh, the, the the kids as well and and the original point. But uh, he is a really solid director. He's awesome. He's been working the craft for a while. He's fantastic. Going back to like Shakes the Clown and yes. stuff. We had we've had him in a couple times to promote his. He even did it like a uh, uh, a really minimal Blair Witchish kind of um, uh, Bigfoot horror yeah. movie. Yeah, which was really good. Yeah, they love but, like it. just sound. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's amazing to see. And he's also, I, we, we've been watching the Robin Williams documentary, which is phenomenal. Is it okay? And and uh, he is. They were they were the best of buds. So uh, it, yeah, it, Bobcat it, man, he's, he's who knew? fantastic. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's great. I mean, his stand up is still stellar. We happened to be the the week I was filming back last year in Atlanta for the series. There was a comedy show going on, or comedy festival yeah. happening in town. And uh, I knew the organizers, and so they asked me to do something. So I asked Bobcat, I said, hey, do you want to go up and do 10 minutes tonight? We're both going to do that. And we thought we'd be part of the main uh, show, which was at an auditorium. (laughs) They had us in a tent. In oh. a parking lot. <laughs> the, the open mic tent. <laughs> the open mic tent. With yeah. folding chairs and this makeshift stage that was about five feet tall. It was just Jeez. ridiculous. Uh, and I went up and had a good set. And then Bobcat goes up and he's a master. Yeah. He's a master. It was just fun to watch someone who's like, like, wow, that shows you just... How long he's been doing it? How good he is! It was yeah. just beautiful. Who who were you, between you? You both when we talk about the Robin Williams special and and uh, the, the documentary, who 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 inspired you? Who got you going in your early days of comedy? Because I think everyone has you know one or two people that just uh, okay. This is sure. This I loved it. Sam Kinison. That was my first true comedian love. Kinison was yeah. was unbelievable. And I I've told these guys it's a story. It's the Huntington Yacht Club. I'm from New York and and and. Uh, Kinnison, <laughs> Kinnison, you talk about bombing. He was playing. <laughs> someone inappropriately booked him into this very hoity-toity, great Poupon oh, sort of yacht club. Whoops. And so he's up on stage, and the chase is barrel-assing through the show. And at the end, he, he ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know, uh, I wipe my ass with a list of your sacred dead. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh. But... Uh, Kinnison for you as well, or who? I was, I was more of a sketch and uh, 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 improv background. So for me, coming up, it's Abbott and Costello, the Marx Brothers. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, Monty Python. The Were early you Laurel and Hardy? Pardon? Laurel and Hardy fan as, as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not as my like Abbott and Costello was really my my thing because I'd watch it with my dad on Saturday afternoons. <laughs> yeah. Check <laughs> <laughs> check. <laughs> the uh, Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein yes. oh has God. some of the <laughs> some of the funny, and I think they're underappreciated Agreed. because people think they're too. But there's an exchange with um, with uh, uh, the Wolfman, you know, Larry Talbot, when he's just talking about, uh, you know, you have a straight man with the, with the, Bud Abbott, the, uh, unparalleled, right. and and uh, they're, they're joking back and forth, and, and suddenly he just grabs him. And he goes, is he serious? And Bud Abbott goes, he's going to murder you. <laughs> and just a throw-off line is hilarious. Well, my son, he just turned 11. So when he was 10, I had, I think I said something like, yeah, who's on first now? What's on, what's, you know? And he had never, he didn't know what I was talking about. So I showed it to him, and it holds up. It, I mean, oh, it, was, yeah. it was making a 10-year-old laugh. And wow. I was, yeah, yeah, that's how timeless, you know, that, um, those guys are. That's perfect, yeah. yeah. 
I loved it. I loved it. And I made the mistake of showing uh, my son, Charlie, who's 19 now. I showed him Monty Python and the Holy Grail at age 10, and he didn't get it. Yeah. Because that's my favorite comedy movie. He yeah. just, Preston just did with his, with, uh, who'd yeah, you Yeah, my show? son who's 16 now, and he loved it. So you yeah, may have, you have to you wait, have you have to wait a, a bit. A little bit. Yeah. And because there is nuance to it that yeah. won't, won't click. Oh, yeah. he loves it. So do yeah. you, because he comes in, Preston will come in as like, I showed it and they loved it or whatever. They're, or they're, they're listening to Queen or whatever, you know. Hey, yeah. Do, are you cautious about indoctrinating or attempting to force fandom on your kids? You mean in terms of... I, I want you to love you I like. want you to love this, but I don't want to yeah. force it too much on you for fear you'll hate it. They did not like Apocalypse Now. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. But you know what? If you look at those movies and movies that I love, like, you know, the the pacing is so atypical of pacing in movies I know. today. It's patient. Long, yes. single takes that are just... And unless you've had a bit of experience with that, you're going to hate it. Yeah. Although my son, Charlie's now decided to be an actor out of nowhere. And really? So, uh, yeah. Last year, he was going to go to college. And a week before, I was going to write the first check. He goes, yeah, Dad. Um, yeah. Um, and he's <laughs> acting like he's playing basketball in the house. Um, yeah. Uh, he's got a great shock of hair. Good-looking kid. Yeah. 6'4". Right. He goes, uh, I think he'll be an actor, a successful actor. I'm like, okay, well, that's the good kind. <laughs> but I assume it's kind of like a firefighter thing. Like, well, I'll just go do what Dad does. Yeah. And he Because, I mean, I've been very fortunate. I've always worked. There's never been a time in the house where it's like, oh, what are we going to do? Yeah. So he thinks... Well, I'm better looking than that guy. <laughs> so this has got to be easy. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm hot, so <laughs> yes. you know, obviously people want to put me on camera. And he's, he's not entirely and, yeah. off base yeah. when, it, when it comes to that, but there's there's some other stuff involved, too. Well, but you never know. It's it's one of those things, like, if you've got that confidence and you assume it's going to happen, yeah. it, it can. It can, yeah. yeah. And he's good looking. He's got James Dean hair. Well, who's Whoa. that guy? Craig Ferguson, right? Yes. He, he lived in the United States for a week before he got his first gig? Is that right? Something along those lines. Because, listen, if the you Drew Carey show? Yeah, you yeah. got it, you got it. And it's as simple as that. I want to talk to you about a movie that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Obviously, everybody knows about Anchorman. But, um, and this might be available on Hulu, Netflix, or whatever, but Cheap Thrills. What Thank you. What a fun yeah. movie. And That's your great. character is awesome. But Ethan Embry's in it. You're in it. Uh, Pat Healy. Pat Healy is in yeah. it as well. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's. It could be a stage show. I mean, it, it, I thought so too. It's it, it plays like a play. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm not familiar, and I'm pretty That's much great. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I looked the other day. Is it okay? Because yeah. we we're looking for what movies was it to watch, and it's like, no, you can't watch this movie. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> it says here it came out in 2013. Yeah. Okay, it's so. really good. It's rated R. It's not a comedy. No, it's kind of it's a dark thriller with some comedic elements. I I never thought there'd be a laugh in it. I, I watched it with. Uh, audiences, you know, when it first came out, <clears throat> and there was tons of laughs. I couldn't believe it. So Pat Healy and Ethan Embry play these two guys mm-hmm. who I, I believe went to high school together and just so happened to, upon each other at a bar one night. And, uh, you know, they're both kind of in a point in their lives where, man, they could really use some money, and then yeah. they meet your character yeah. who just so happens to have a lot of money. I did see Yes. And you, you have, a, and yes, I did see it. In fact, we had you on to to talk about it. Why? Yes, probably yeah. you're doing stand up and maybe promoting that at the same time. Yeah, it's and it's sort of a, it, it plays out. It, in fact, it is very stagey. It, it it takes place basically in that house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's you very could good. Do it as a play. And you were you were benignly menacing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's one point, in the, and I just keep thinking about. It. I'm looking at you. There's a point in the movie where these guys are 
are they going to do it or are they not going to do it? And you, they, the camera cuts to you and you're just kind of like nodding like, yeah, 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 yeah let it happen. It, it's dig that? Did, yeah. was, is there a fear when you're known for, for one thing or one type of thing primarily of going there? No, I, to me, I was like happy that it was a transitional yeah, yeah. type thing. And, you know, it was a smaller movie. So I was, I knew it wasn't going to be a big you know, like, oh, look out, look, look who's trying to do something different. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's got his so, jug band. But it does work. It's fun. And it's I a, am good. Adam McKay is doing, look at the stuff he's doing now. He won an Oscar. Yes. So, 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 but from Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. I've done improv with McKay since 1990. Right. We're doing the crazy make em ups. Yeah. <laughs> the off the cuffy Mad Libs. You know, right. I've been doing long form improv. And my buddy wins an Oscar. <laughs> it's very That's, cool. I love it. Yeah. But he's one of those. I don't know if you've had him on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. He's, he's a friend talk, of the show. He's, he's, he's a great guy. The funniest guy I've ever met he, is he, McKay. And he's so, he's quirky, though. He has, and he knows he does. He has sort of a, a quirky way about him. Uh, but the, the stuff is great. And with the right people, such as yourself, uh, it's it's gold. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. He's amazing. So, you know, we do Anchorman. And then for the second one, he had a monitor up near the, the set. And he'd be, uh, 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 I'm sorry, a PA system. Yeah, yeah. And he'd have a microphone. And uh, so he would just throw out new lines. Because we'd have your stuff, and then we'd do the scene, and then he'd say say this, because he'd have a mic back by the monitor. And then I'd come in in the morning with my, my alts. Right, right, right yeah, lines, yeah, yeah. And he would immediately, he'd laugh at all of them, and then he'd suggest something different that was 20 times better. And you're just <laughs> like, oh, There's man. a great scene, I was telling these guys about it, where you, uh, it's in the second one, where you and Will Ferrell are hugging over yeah. a counter. <laughs> and it goes on and on. I I watch the um it, it's it's a rarity. I don't has it ever been done where you took the outtakes of one movie and made a whole new movie which we he did, but you still have the alternate takes on those two films yeah. are pure enjoyment. Do you can you watch them and laugh? I haven't seen it. Really? No. The film or the outtakes? The outtakes. Okay. That's terrible to say, but um my kids have. Have you seen the musical? No, there's a oh my gosh, there's a musical in the second one. It was never put in it, but I thought it might be on that longer one. No, it there's, was on any of the blooper we, stuff I've seen. I haven't. We we get to New York and we don't know what it's like, like what's going on. It's uh, this song called "It's a Whole New World." <laughs> we don't we don't can't get our minds around all these different people. It is in the second one. Yes, yes, yeah. But it's yeah. on an alternate thing. Okay. And in the middle of that musical we stop and we meet a gay person and then we really can't get our minds around this. We're like, so, do you live in a coffin? Like, no, that's a vampire. <laughs> Can you go out during, during the day? He's like, no. Uh, <laughs> Again, that, so a that's a vampire. And then Champ whispers, do you tell people? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then we break into a song called, If I Were Gay for a Day. Oh, my God. If I were gay for a day, there's nothing I wouldn't say. That's the gay way. And that's that's in the middle of this mu- musical. Then it goes into that. Then uh, it goes back into the big 
musical production with dancing and all that stuff. And I thought, That's oh, there great. it is. There we We're go. looking at you, clips of it, it right now. I have not thing, seen this. The thing I love about it is... I knew that there were going to be some homophobes singing to themselves <laughs> if I were gay for a day yeah. and not know it. That's the part. <laughs> so catchy. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, well in, in the first one, David, the uh, the you know skyrockets skyrockets in flight yeah. comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and, uh, and and it's funny for so many reasons, but it's <laughs> also. <laughs> the harmonies that you guys hit yeah. are spot on. Yeah. So I've watched it and laughed a million times, and I've also watched it and be like. And these guys really nail it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we only did three takes. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it was kind of a one It wasn't in the script, and McKay said, hey, do you guys think, is there, is there a song you'd want to do? And I, I'm pretty sure it was Rudd's idea. Uh, like, how about Afternoon Delight? Yeah. So in, in that first show, we had what they call triple bangers, which means there's three rooms in a trailer yeah. as opposed to your own trailer. And uh, so me, Steve, and, and Paul were in that same trailer. And uh, so then we'd go, and uh, uh, um, Will would come in, and uh, we just practiced a couple times, and then that was it. Wow. I just saw uh, Paul Rudd on um, on Colbert's promoting Ant-Man, and he was talking about a, a charity event that you, right. you were a part of because you guys are both from Kansas City. Well, I'm from near there. My wife's okay. from KC, but yeah. Okay, and it was to benefit a, a, a hospital? Children's Mercy Hospital. That's awesome. We raised $2.2 million this wow. year. That's yeah. what grabbed my attention. Yeah, yeah. That is a staggering amount of it money. nice, yeah. And so it's Rudd, myself. Riggle, Stone Street, and Sudeikis, all from Kansas City or the Kansas City area. And then we bring a bunch of our celebrity buddies in from all over the, uh, you know, Kansas, uh, from New York and, and uh, California. And what's the event? What, what do you, is it stand Oh, what up? we do is we do, um, no, no, we do a softball game. We go visit the kids at Children's Mercy, and then we do a softball game at Coffin Stadium, which is Royals Park. People get upset if they call it Royals Park, but it's Coffin Stadium, and on the on the field, and then we <clears throat> sit and watch that in the dugouts. We get all these sponsors that pay a lot of money to go hang out, and we so hang out with them for a little bit. The next day, we go visit the kids again. Then we have a big bowling event where people can pay to bowl, bowl with celebrities. So it's another level of fundraising, and then we have a big show auction that night. That's cool. That's awesome. That's were you, were you really invited cool. to that, Rob, or no? No, I was actually uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> the, the kids don't want you. There's just no kid. In, they act, the, the kids specifically requested you not yes. show up. And I, for the kids, I didn't yeah. show up. <laughs> Anything. That's yeah. the kind of caring yeah. person you are. I went to yeah. Florida with, <laughs> with Marissa. Yes. I kept calling her Kathy. It was weird. Uh, I didn't mind, though, awkwardly. <laughs> can get weird. Uh, David, film-wise, anything else uh, coming up in the near future? Uh, let's see. Uh, there's always... Oh, you know, right now I think there's a thing called Bernard and Huey available somewhere on Video On Demand. It's an old... It's kind of the... It's Carnal Knowledge 2. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I was a fan of Carnal Knowledge uh, 1. Yeah. yeah. The, it's, this one is... But it's a bit... It's a bit dated, I'll be honest with you. Is it? It's written in 89 or something like that. Okay. And so there's a lot of misogyny in it. That, that that just goes, but that's way Jules Pfeiffer wrote at that time. He was doing these characters for Playboy, and these were these cartoons, and then he made it into a, a screenplay. It, get, it, get, it gets weird because also you have to judge things in the time that they come from. You know, like you look at some of the John Hughes stuff, judge it from the time. It's unfair to hold it up to a light yeah. now and say, well, no, no, no. So if people take it in context, but I, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, and, and that's that's what it is. And then you understand that. Right. So but that, it, it's a weird how, thing. Yeah. yeah. It's so I don't know. There's a bunch of independents I did last year. I don't know if they're coming out. Departures, okay. this, that. I can't. 
Oh, you know what? Let me say this. Uh, oh, yeah. ca- uh, Captain Underpants. Oh, there you go. yeah. So it was a cartoon yep. on uh, Netflix. So that's out. Very and, cool. And, you're and mis- Misfits and Monsters. And you're Mr. Meaner in uh, Captain uh, yes. Underpants? So that's fun for me, for, for the kids. That's, yeah, you know, yeah. my, my youngest daughter's excited about that. So. That's awesome. We love that you come by here, man. Thank well, you, you so guys much. are always a pleasure. Thanks for Rob, having great us. Great to meet you, man. Yeah. Pleasure. We'll see you next time. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. David Keckner and Rob Meyer. We're going to take a break. I could have called you Kathy. <laughs> My middle name. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Piece of video that was circulating over the weekend that is just so unbelievably cringeworthy. Oh, my God. Uh, it's from uh, Let's Make a Deal. Yes. The Wayne Brady hosted uh, show. Which I have to admit, I have not seen one second of. Neither have I. I, I always love Let's Make a Deal, but I, I, it's on during the day. And, uh, and I busy. hate Wayne Brady. And we hate Wayne Brady. Oh, it's another part of that equation. There's the that, too. worst yeah. interviews ever on our show. He was just a jerk. Uh, but anyhow... Um, he had these two people on. It was uh, these a girl named Jesse, a guy named Steve, and uh, they're going to be you know participating in the, one of the contests. Yeah. And and Wayne asked them how long they've been together, how long's this thing been going on. And I'm just gonna I'm, I'm not gonna play it. I, I just wanted to tell you it was this guy gets cast into the friend zone on national television. Oh man! <laughs> and it is I don't think the audio will do it justice because you got to see the look on this guy's face. He's <gasps> just. He's just oh, no. destroyed. You haven't seen it, Kathy? No, I, all right, so, uh-uh. so what the deal, the mechanism for Let's Make a Deal, by the way, is that the host goes up into the audience, and they're all dressed in costumes to get noticed. So they're wearing, uh, they're, the couple is a Steve and uh, I think Jesse. Yeah. And uh, so uh, they're in their, quote unquote, prom outfits. Uh-huh. And yeah, they, uh, they had some kind of prom right. that was going on with the show. Right. And, yeah. uh, and she's all... Uh, she's all energetic and giggly where it becomes quickly apparent that he's like, no, I, no, don't do this. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. take me down this yeah. path oh and God. don't do it here. Uh-huh. Oh boy. So let me play this audio for you. We'll see how this translates just on an audio sense. Here we go. That's awesome. Now, how long have you guys been together? <laughs> uh, about six months. That's it. It's new. Oh, it's newish. We're yeah. friends. <laughs> Can we, he wants it. can we talk about this uh, not in front of everyone? <laughs> <laughs> look, look at his it's face. It's complicated. I'm single, guys. I'm single. Oh, my what? God. Oh, no, no. We're, we're really good friends. Oh. Oh, that's terrible. Jeez. And Wayne is just, like, looking around like, oh. Oh, my God. So we have this. <laughs> and, then he start, and then he takes it off in another direction. All right. Oh, man. Oh, that hurts. I the, the friend zone thing, especially if they now. I what I can't tell is whether these guys have been, you know, maybe have a uh, a non-committal relationship where they're maybe they're they're flirting, having some fun, a little little bit of you know this and that, and then she's not ready to take it seriously, or well, or if he, nothing has happened yet, and he's just hoping that it happens. I I, I hear I you. I, I think what would belie the actual relationship status is he says about six months yeah when he when wayne brady asked how long you've been together yeah he would if he it was anything else in his mind he's oh we're just friends yeah yeah oh. we're just friends we're just we're just buddies well she's he an says, a-hole you know and then and then while he's clearly injured um you know from from that remark she starts soliciting for guys to let her know yeah hey, i'm single i'm single fact, let's bang on him oh my God. So, Preston, there's somebody on Twitter I thought is, is pretty accurate. A woman, a woman writes, 
the worst things are going to happen to you. Three going to prison, two straight up dying, one this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Listen, now, I, the fr- now these, they're adults, and um, it's kind of a different story when you become an adult. But I remember in the days of high school being friend-zoned, and it was just crushing. It was just horrible. I took it so badly. And it just, I, it did, I'm sure I had some type of depression from it because there were a girl that I would try start to develop a, 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 a communique with, a relationship. Yeah. I'm smitten with this person. It starts to happen. We're communicating, and then you get the friend thing. And how long? How long and, a process are we talking? I, I, I don't remember because it happened so many times, yeah. Steve. And I couldn't tell you specifics, but but then it would be like. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, because I don't want to be your friend. Well, yeah, because yeah, you know what I mean. I yes. never, I never I got did, to, not, not a real. I, I hatred, know, I know, I know what you're saying. You, you, you become resentful, maybe oh. more than more than hatred. But oh, it hurt so bad. But um, what happens is, is that you start to, you start to, you start to do things normally out of like you, 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 you change the way you are a little bit. You'll do anything to curry favor with this person, yeah. right? You know, and then there's then there's a whole bunch of mini awkward moments along the way because if you are palling around with this this girl. You're out at fun, and there, and you're often asked, "Are you guys together?" And then you, you know, it, it's it's an open sore that never closes, oh, right? And there, you know, until you make an ultimate resolution now, to this, where you stand. This guy, I don't necessarily know exactly what their deal was because he says six months, so that leads me to believe that they're getting it on. They're well, doing, not, they're doing something in his mind. They are, yeah. yeah. Because you're not She's friends. Like, with, no, we're good friends. You're not friends with somebody for six months without doing that, and then when somebody asks you how long it's been, has this been going on, you. Oh, you can you be getting months. it on and still be in the friend zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, because that, that's the point I'm getting at is is I was put there, and I think it's worse when you've actually been active. You've partaken of the fruit. Yes, and then you get put yeah, in a friend no zone kidding. after. Like that is worse than just being ultimately put in the friend zone to begin with. Really? Yes. I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't that. know about really? that. Really? Yeah. I think I think that, um, well, because then you're, in our, in, you're not going to think you're... So I don't have that, but I got that. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah. we had that. that. Yeah. Yeah, We've no. had like some a few awkward moments here where like a guy and a girl will visit the studio and afterwards Preston will say, "Oh, how long have you guys been together?" Or you know, and they're like, "Oh, um, well, we're we're kind of friends." We're yeah. not, or or their brother and sister sometimes. That, yeah, well, that happened too. too. <laughs> that do, that's yeah. happened on many occasions. Oh, sorry. But but listen, I want I want to speak to going back to the other thing because once I got into my you know twenties uh, and so forth, the heartache wasn't quite as hard. It wasn't as difficult or, or, you know, being being interested in someone and finding out it wasn't reciprocal wasn't quite as hard as I think it was when I was a teenager. But I just want to speak directly to those of you who are going through this, who have gone through this. It happens. It happens to a whole lot of people. And eventually you're going to be okay. Uh, but Because I, I took it so hard, man. It was just really, really difficult. I, I had the situation where for a while, listen, I was... I've always had a lot of female friends. That's always been my deal. Like, friends. So that would often lead to friend zone status in some cases. And then I was casting friends into the friend zone who wanted more relationship-wise. I think, though, the, yeah. more, the more classic scenario is is the guy yeah. being on the, res, the, the receiving oh, yeah. end of the friend zone. And that's just the nature of the beast. I can still name 
the friends from middle school to high school that I that I thought I had a shot at, yeah. and they never considered me uh, at all a romantic uh, option. And um, and I was always in the friend zone, but I, I I asked all three of those girls out and um, got shot down by all of them. And <laughs> yeah. and uh, like their names will be forever burned in my memory. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, let me go to Mindy some calls. Gallo. I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to Joe. Nick, it's Mindy. We we'll, we can patch it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to Joe. Hey Joe, how you doing, brother? Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? It's ladies today. Good. Doing very well. What's your story, buddy? I was actually in the friend zone and almost, I was on the borderline of the brother zone, which is even harder to escape. Oh, you're like a brother to me. Oh, I've heard <laughs> that. I, I'm one of very few that can say I escaped it, and my wife and I have now been married for just over two years. And oh, wow. Husband. All right. In, oh, instruct, instruct those out there. How you went about converting friendship, a friend zone, to brother zone, to marriage. How did you work that deal? She did it. She I'm did it. Gonna, I'm not even going to bullcrap it. I was out running tractor trailers over the road. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm on the phone with her for about three hours, and she's like, I realized something. I'm like, what? She turns around and says, I may like this guy I'm talking to, but I'm in love with you. I couldn't say anything, but in my head, I was doing flips and losing my mind. Wow. <laughs> so she says to you, you're out salting the road or you're doing your job. You're talking on the phone, and she just out of the blue says she loves yeah. you. Had you had any indication whatsoever that her feelings had gotten that strong for you? None at all. Before that, I was just like, oh, yeah, we're really good friends. That, that, that. And I'm just like, shoot me. Every time I heard, yeah, you're just a good friend. I love you like a friend. It's like... Just to shoot me. Yeah. And then that bombshell just dropped on me, and I just, for about two minutes, I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I see. Good for you, man. Yeah. Everyone looks, any guy in the nice friend show. zone looks for advice to get out of the friend zone because it is a tough, <sighs> tough deal to leverage because ultimately, either she likes you or she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Steve next. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Hey, is this Kenny Big Rig Rodder? Yeah, that's right. You got him here. <laughs> What's up, Steve? <laughs> well, uh, I uh, when I was a senior in high school, I asked this girl out to prom, and um, I was absolutely head over heels enamored with her. She was super talented, super beautiful, and uh, I was, like, prepared to tell her how I felt when we were at the prom. But then at, at the end of our slow dance, she said... Something she said. I think she said, um, "You're a, you're a really good friend," mm. and I I kind of lost it there for a second. Yeah. But what what really uh, sealed the deal was she left after the slow dance to go sit at the table that her boyfriend was sitting at, who was also at the same prom. A boyfriend. She had a boyfriend. Did you know she this? Had a boyfriend. I did not know this, and I found it out the night of the prom. Oh. Nick found his prom date under hey. another guy. <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse. Could have yeah. been worse. That's yeah, all you got. Dude, um, people when love you, that story. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to move a guy so that you can ask your girl where your car keys are. <laughs> By the way, and, and Steve points out there's a strategic way that some women will do it as opposed to being straight up and saying, listen, I just like you as a friend. Yes. That's pretty clear. That's exactly, I'm telling you this. I want you to know that. Uh, a sneaky way of doing it is, like he said, you're such a good friend. Oh, I, instead I, okay. of, I just like you as a friend, you're such a good friend. Right, which hurts oh, more. And to that point, just guys in the room, Ow. consensus, so that ladies can hear this, which way would you rather be informed? 
Directly. Directly as well. Yeah, yeah probably. Because it, it, it will, I'd rather, because it just shuts it down and it's not like uh, dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Right, right. right. Where you're an idiot right. enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you just might yeah. actually think that. But, okay, Oof. so, but this is if there was that she was okay or or into it for a little while, and now she's got to tell you no? No. no. So a, girl, a girl can tell. No, I, no, I, what I'm saying is, is I'm not supposed to tell every single guy friend that I'm not interested. No, when you know that the guy, <clears throat> your, your receptors are up and you're sensing that he's looking for it more or wants more, I, I think no guy, most guys would appreciate you saying, listen, um, I think you're great. I want to. I want to be friends, but but um, you know, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm but not see, ins- I don't find that to be the the female's responsibility. If she's not putting up, if she's not giving any advances, or she's solely acting as a friend, why should she have to tell she, you? Yeah, she that? does not have to. But if she wants, if she wants to let the guy know, she, the onus is not on her to do it. But if she's going to do it, do it in a way that I think is less duplicitous. Well, I, I know what Kathy's saying, though. So, so yeah, the, the, the guy has not been obvious about signs, and you legitimately think this is a platonic, nice friendship, and you say it, and secretly inside the guy really wants something else. Wants something else, and he hears that, and it's just deflating. It's just, well, it hurts. Let me ask he, you. And there's no malice. There's no intention. You know, you just legitimately think that, uh, hey, we're good friends. Oh. How many times... <laughs> How many times in your life were you unaware that a guy wanted more in a, to be more than just friends? Did, well, were you ever shocked see, to I, learn that, that a guy you were hanging around with wanted more than just friendship? Like out of the blue sucker punch, like, oh, my God. Or did you always sort of have an idea? God, I don't even remember. I mean, I had a lot of guy friends. Um I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know that I can answer that. I, right. I don't remember. Yeah. We'll call your lawyer. Uh, I'm going to go to Jordan. Jordan, good morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that says it all on this Monday. Yeah. It's <laughs> Mondays. Yeah. I uh, so I was like kind of going on a date with this girl for like a month. We were going out. Spent a lot of money. Um, <laughs> That's great. And, yeah. and uh, she told me one night. She's like, "Hey, I want to meet your daughter." I was like, uh, okay. She's like, can I be called Aunt Jamie? And I was just like, Ugh. oh, no, no. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Can't if you don't mind me banging my banging her aunt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, was, uh, and when you I heard that, that were you destroyed? Did you still try to work at it, or or was that no, it? I it was done. Bother. All right. And then, have you remained friends though? Uh, yeah, we're still friends. I don't really go out with her, though. Okay. okay. Well, right. she's very expensive. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, because, listen, if you can if you can take that rejection, even though it may not be direct on her part, she may not know yeah. that she's she's killing you by doing this, but uh, if you can take that rejection and still remain friends, it's a cool thing, you know, but you're always going to want to, at some point, deep inside you, you're I've always going to want to be with yeah. the person, you know? Or deep inside her. You know, or deep inside her. Yeah. Uh, let me go to, uh, I have Mike on the line. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, guys. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, buddy? So I would, uh, this is many, many years ago. I was dating this girl. Uh, I shouldn't say dating, but we were off and on for a couple months. And, uh, out of nowhere, she just stopped. And, uh, what's it called? She started dating another guy. So it was like, I kind of took it to hint. But the only good part is, like, I got friend zone, but we still fool around, like, every once in a while after that. And it's, you no. Know, I was okay with it, and like now we're still really good friends. But 
Well, that's that's friends with benefits. That, that's yeah. a, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a whole another category because I think if a girl wants to Thanks, let Mike. you know that you're in the friend zone by having sex with another guy and going yeah. out with another guy, yeah. I think that's pretty overt. Yeah. You know? See, that's how I was sort of friend zone because I was, uh, to her, a friend with benefits. Okay. But I wanted to marry her. You wanted <laughs> to marry her. You were in love. No, I, I was you were in, in love. love. I was 18 yeah. years yeah. old. and That's got to be a little hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you, have, you ever been in, have you ever been friend zoned and the girl that you're friend zoned by is in a relationship with a guy who's just horrible. Like, I had, there was a girl yes. that I was friend-zoned by where the guy she was seeing made uh, Tony Monero look like Stephen Hawking. And you know better. <laughs> yeah. And you know you know better, and, and you can help her. Exactly. But she can't see that. She can't, she could not see it. Yep. She loved this dummy, and, and that was it. So, and, and, and so I just, yeah, that was it. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense, and I've known women who seem to be smart and, yeah. and have their head on straight and everything, mm-hmm. but they like idiot guys. And this like guy would this guy would mistreat this guy would mistreat her, Preston, all the time. I, I, and she would come to me to talk about his uh, his transgressions. How, how old were you when this happened, Steve? You remember? Seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me go to Emily. Hi, Emily. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, what's up, so, Emily? Um, a couple months ago, I was uh, on Tinder, and I met this guy. And for a couple months, like, we were just getting to know each other and whatever. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I met his friends. But um, around his friends, he would, like, tell them that this is my friend. Like, he didn't even put a label on our relationship, even though, like, sometimes he would say, like, we were more than just friends. Yeah. But then one day, um, we went out, and he was really drunk, and he mentioned an, a girl's name. Yeah. So then I looked her up, and I saw him, a girl, and a little boy, and then I found out that he was married. Oh, oh wow. I kind of confirmed that I was definitely just friends with him, even though, like, we kind of did everything a couple would do. And I just, I was really confused you, until I found out that he was married with, like, a three-year-old. I don't think you're, at that point, you're in the friend zone. I think you, you're you're in the in the manipulated, cheated on, yeah. uh, so, side action zone. Yeah. And, and, and the guy's a scumbag for doing that. Yeah, he didn't let you know. He wasn't straight up with that. So did you guys, did you guys have sex? Uh, if you don't ask him, mind me asking so bluntly. Mm-hmm. Can you give us us uh, yeah. give us his number so we can ask? Right. You did, okay. okay. Yeah, dude was scamming you. He was scamming you, and that's, that's, yeah, that's it's horrible that you were treated that uh, it way. It sucks, Emily. I mean, like, he told everybody, his friends, everyone. Like, he would even talk about me with his wife, but mention me as, like, a friend from school and stuff like that. What? And I messaged her, and I told her all about it, and I think they're getting a divorce. Well, Whoa! good. Good. So. Yeah. Oh, now you guys can go out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now he's free. He's free. He's free. I don't, don't want to ever hear about No. Anymore. Good. Hey, stay away from guys like oh, that. Oh, Emily. That's messed but, up. Yeah. I think any... Emily, or to any woman listening, if you're out there, I say you need to spend some time with the guy you're dating and his family and his wife and kids before you decide if he's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't yeah. even have known because he had so much free time on his hands. He was, like, living a double life. I don't even know how you do that. Always judge a guy by the way he treats his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll know if he's the one for you. Yes. It's like how people right. treat servers at restaurants. Exactly. Yeah. How Ladies, does he treat his wife and children? How does he treat his wife and yeah. children? That's how you know. Emily, I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, hope something better comes along, okay? Now, I just, I, I don't feel bad at all. I mean, I feel bad for his wife and all because yeah. apparently he called me a homewrecker. 
So you what? weren't. Yo, he's a, he's a. Listen, he, he did it. That chapter is closed, and yep. now you're uh, you're on to better things. Yes. I mean, you would have thought he would have put that stuff on his Tinder profile. But <laughs> yeah. That's they say. That's, right, he's right. being duplicitous. You gotta let right. the guy. I mean, it's like at least use a fake name. Like, don't use your real name. Like he mentioned a girl's name. I put the last name on, and it's like, oh, there we go. Do you know what he was doing, Emily? Just to explain the process. Yeah. He's he was keeping things as maneuverable as possible, in, so in yeah. case there was a slip, he wouldn't get caught. Like if he if he said, "My name is is Lord Esteban." And I'm, you know, and it speaks with, and like, yeah. there's so many things that he could trip up on. Yeah. However, if he's mentioning your name in front of the wife and friends, it's to end, it's to minimize slippage. Uh, you know? Wow. All right. Thanks, that, Emily. That Appreciate yeah. it. I don't think that's quite friend zone. Uh, no, yeah, what that's we were different. talking about, that's but different. that's different. That's pretty messed up. We still need to do like a relationship, uh, you know, advice. Uh, segment from time to time. Oh, we all right. Let's let's. We have two things we, we need to do. We're good at we that. need to chop off comb overs and yep. and. Uh, <laughs> oh my and, god! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, we right. do. Right. Yes, we're going to do. We're going to do that this I summer. Mean, we're waiting for it to warm up a little bit. That first one might actually help some relationships. Right. Yes. Get up. Stop, stop getting with these. Get out of the friend zone and get into the <sighs> auto zone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Let me go to. Let me go to John. I want to hear this story. John, you're on the air. Good morning, buddy. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, so what's your friend zone story? Well, I met this girl uh, earlier this year, and uh, we hung out, um, hooked up and all that fun stuff for a couple months. And like about a month and a half ago, she officially kind of put me into the friend zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was cool with it because I actually kind of agree with you, Preston. Like, if, if you did kind of some extracurricular things, it kind of just softens the blow for me. Yeah. So I didn't really care, but... So she contacted me about a month later and said she just wanted to meet for a bite to eat, and I was I was cool with that. So we went and uh, hung out, and then at the end of the meal, she asked if I would go with her to the store to pick up a pregnancy test for another guy. That she was <laughs> oh oh man! <laughs> Let me ask yeah, you: Is are the, are those are those pregnancy tests? Are they are they very heavy? Where you might need a man to help you <laughs> yeah. pick it up? Yeah, yeah. She's rubbing yeah. this yeah. in your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This I'm, I'm getting the one that they just came out with. It's three hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you know it's, it's, she. She said she has, I guess, suffers from uh, some sort of anxiety, and she just had an issue going by herself. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And she didn't have any girlfriends she could call. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know what? You could yeah. even order it online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come awkward. Uh, yeah, it's I very awkward. It. I can understand. Yeah. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I it, listen. The friend zone thing can be you can you have this uh, this sort of relationship going on, and then they then they drop it on you after you've already been together, or then there's the kind that which I was always a victim of because I was too much of a pussy, yeah. to say anything to the girls that I was interested in, and so in in a in in a uh, non uh, assertive sort of way, I would insert myself into a relationship communication and then they would drop the bomb you're such a good friend right. I no. like you. you're so nice however if you oh, if you are inside, a guy, I'm just erupting you're just, dying oh it's just killing me if you are a guy who can learn how to be friends like when Harry met Sally as yeah. you know, if you can have female friends it's a wonderful thing it is. you learn nuances you learn things oh, that'll man. open up your eyes that'll make you a better person to date most definitely and be in a relationship with a woman and I'm with not opposed woman. I'm with not women's. I'm not opposed to having mm. Female friends. I had legitimate friends that were buddies. Yes, that were female, and I love having those. And they, 
gentleman will open up the door of advice for you, and and you should listen straight, to the, straight up yeah. advice. You should listen yeah, to the yeah. women that you're friends with in your life to get advice about other girls. Yeah, I was um, I I had been turned down so many times uh, asking girls out that like it just got to a point where like I can't. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to hang out and be friends, and then hopefully you'll like me. Lou, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. And that's what happened, that, you know, the girl who went, who uh, eventually friend-zoned me, she's the one who kissed me. Yeah. She kissed me. The, the, suddenly, it be changes. It becomes the, it becomes the forbidden fruit now. Yes. Now, now the, the, the power struggle has shifted. And then she told, she, like, we weren't even having sex. She said... I would have sex with you. And I said, okay, let me go find a rubber. Yeah. But only yes. if you help me go buy a pregnancy test. Because <laughs> I still, I got to get this baby out first, but you're next. All right. I want to hear from Alyssa because she's got a theory, which on the surface I don't quite understand. I need to hear about All right. it. Hi, Alyssa. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. What's up? So I was in a relationship with seven years, for seven years, and I had a friend who was a guy who made it clear to me that if anything ever happened in my relationship and took every opportunity to let me know, like, what a crappy guy I was in a relationship with, that he would always be there for me. Uh So my friends all knew about it, and we, like, developed a series called Next in Line Series. (laughs) And it's the guys that stay friends with you through those relationships, always there to wipe away your tears if there's a fight, because they're convinced that if anything happens... They're going to be next in line. That is not. Uh, that is not. That is a fact. That is not theory. That, that there. There are. And I think we've all done versions of that. However, sure. uh, I've had many female friends that I was just solely a friend for and would do that anyway. So sometimes it's hard to delineate between the um, reason for being that way. But you're right. I think hope springs eternal for a lot of guys. And then they, they figure, um, you know, just be there because it's eventually going to come crashing to earth and they'll jump in. To, Nick, to the point about the dating or, or being in the friend zone with a girl who is involved with a, a, a bad guy, a dummy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I uh, I would never berate this guy to her, the, the girl that I was in the friend zone with, because she knew it. She, yeah. she really knew it. Yeah. And, you know, so it was it would only make me... That was I wasn't going to fix her problem. No, but I would bitch to her friends about the moron that she was dating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did her friends know about the, 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 yeah, they the all knew? Yeah, they yeah. Know, Same right? thing. Yeah, yeah. everyone they, knows. They make it worse because like she should be with you. Oh. <laughs> like I know. Oh, my God. Look at the way your ponytail lights up in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? And I guarantee you, Preston, uh, Nick, one of those friends. Unbeknownst to you, was friend zoned by you, probably. Yeah. 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 Hey, but you know what? I, I think in hindsight, uh, it, it ended up working out. You know? Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Thank can... God for my sure. wife. When I was nineteen, I wanted to jump it, off a bridge. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I know, and that's that's part of the message why I was trying to to share that earlier. That you know, uh, it can listen. As bad as that feels, oh, uh, most likely there's something coming down the road that's going to be perfect for you. Hey, look at how it's worked out. Look at how yeah. you know. Look yeah. at how how. By it's you're eating just true press to release your 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 um, assessment. It's not as bad as you think it is. I know. Just let it breathe a little bit, and then the, the real right one comes along. But I also remember how bad it was. It, it hurts, and it hurts. Yeah. But just know that down the road, 
there's there's a pregnancy test to purchase. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, go to the dollar store first. They're yeah. only a dollar They're there. Cheap. Yes, uh, before you spend thirty bucks on a home. But Alyssa, test. do you still uh, are are you in a relationship now, or is it yeah. uh, and, and is it the you, you still have your next in line guy? No, so he. I actually never told him when me and the other guy broke up yeah. because I was knew he would move in quick. Yeah. Um, and so I actually ended up getting in a relationship and getting pregnant really quick, and that's how he found out. Fortunately, <laughs> the next guy who came along, jump on me. No, so so, but wow. so, do you think that if you were to, uh, I mean, because you don't want a stalker, do you think you could, the guy could get to that point? I mean, if he's hanging on all this time, I think is that a possibility? No, I think he saw his opportunity for seven years, and then like when the eighth year rolled around, and I was eight years is the cutoff. Eight years is the statute of limitations. Eight years, I know. Probably keep it moving. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Still, like occasionally talk. We're not. We don't have negative feelings towards each other. Yeah. I just don't get the like the romantic. Yeah, yeah the, your boyfriend's awful. Dump him, please. There's there's another level this to this, Preston, and maybe a whole other topic, but there are. Uh, uh, women and guys who will use the friend zone status just for fun to 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 to, to pull someone along. Oh yeah, with the false possibility. Yeah, and then use them for things like oh, purchasing pregnancy. Those tests. are evil yeah. people. I have a friend who's doing that right now. Yeah. A, a female friend, and she is doing it to a guy who is way too into her, but she doesn't care because she likes the benefits. Oh, there we go. God, that's harsh. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What, yeah, she doesn't care nice. about what? I'm sorry. She even has him do her uh, her essays. No, he, he's real. <laughs> are they are they like doing anything? Yes. Okay, they're, so. they're having a full on sexual relationship, but he is very much into her, and it's been a year uh. and a half. And uh, she does not want a boyfriend. She does not. She's been honest. Like, it's not like she's pulling punches here. Okay. She, she's telling him straight up, but he's way into her. She's not into him in that way, but she enjoys the sex. And she likes, but she likes being single. No, nah, I want <laughs> to clarify the essay. Clarify thing. the essay thing. I wasn't, I okay. wasn't friend zoning that girl. I was using her. You were oh, using her. Big difference. Girls, big difference. You need to get the nomenclature <laughs> correct. <laughs> Uh, I deserved all those friend zone things I got now that you brought that up, Steve. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're correct. So it all is a yin and yang, if you will. Yeah. But anyhow, it was cringeworthy Poof. video of this guy on uh, Let's Make a Deal. Okay. Of uh, I'll play it one more time of uh, Wayne Brady's interviewing them, and this girl clear, makes it clear that they're just friends, and he thinks they've been in a relationship. If it's Even if it's fake, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. It's just you've, you've had this happen. That's awesome. Now, how long have you guys been together? Uh, about six months. That's it. It's new. Oh, it's newish. We're yeah. friends. Oh, We're and friends. She's, and she's giggling, like <laughs> giddy laughing the whole time. That's it. It's new. Oh, it's newish. We're yeah. friends. <laughs> We're just friends, but he wants it. Can we talk about this? Uh... Wait, did you hear? He, yeah. she, we're he just friends, but he wants it, and then she's cut off. Yeah, he wants it to be more, is what she's about to say. Just friends, can but we, he wants it. Can we talk about this? Uh, not in front of everyone, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small penis. <laughs> a super small penis with a stupid mustache. I don't know what woman would sleep with him, but I really he's a great friend. <laughs> oh my god! I'm single. It's complicated. I'm single guys. I'm I'm single, what? guys. I'm single. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, that's my God. That's yeah. horrible. Can't I give them your email so they can contact me? <laughs> <laughs> Through him. Oh, it's horrible. 
MMR's Day Off on the Slopes in Jack Frost Mountain is Friday, January 4th. Celebrate winter with the best lift ticket deal out there, along with the Piero Bear live broadcast and a legendary happy hour with Jackson, live from the E2000 Lounge. MMR VIPs, you still have time to save money. Lift tickets are now just 20 bucks, but available only until supplies last or until noon on January 2nd. WMMR.com has the details. MMR's Day Off on the Slopes. Sip, ski, and be merry. Friday, January 4th at Jack Frost Mountain from JFBB, where the snow comes first. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Every June 21st, without fail, we always talk about these two. Because their birthdays on the exact <laughs> yep. same day, and we make a big thing out of it. We make a big thing about it. It was obviously meant to be. It's not just the date, the year, the actual uh, everything. Day. Yeah. Uh, Please welcome Michael Gross and Meredith back yeah. to our show this morning. Hello, you wild crowd. Thank you guys. <laughs> we're sorry to be a little late. We were on every one of those jam streets that Kathy just mentioned. <laughs> sure. Fastest reading I have ever heard. Fast <laughs> and smooth and errorless. Well, thank wow. you. It, 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 there's a science to it, and she's mm-hmm. been doing it for a long time. She's very good at it. But, yeah, you you found out the little secret that Philadelphia has a robust morning rush. So oh, it does, a, indeed. Yeah, yeah. But good to be here. Thank Where you. do you guys live? I'm Santa Barbara. Okay. And how is traffic like, crazy like that there, or is it a little no. laid back? Do you no. get out? Do you get out in rush hour traffic a lot, though? I don't imagine you would, right? There's no rush hour. There's, <laughs> there's no rush hour. The beauty of what we, I, well, the beauty of what we do for a living is uh, we we jump from one job to another, and we we're never in the same rush hour traffic every day. I can't. <laughs> I I don't understand how people do it day after day. Uh, no, no, out. it's horrific. But I, I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, love letters is uh, what you guys are appearing in, and right. I, I've been familiar with this over the years. And I, I think over the years as I've gotten older and you live a bit more of your life, like I, I don't think I ever quite appreciated it as much as I started to appreciate it later on as I encountered it. And 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 it, it, because it's a story of people who are who are um, communicating through correspondence to people and addressing the different things that happen to them through their lives. It's, it's a life lived through classic cards and letters and notes like that. Is, is that what attracts you guys to it? What appeals to me is besides... The blessing of being able to work with Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with her, it is a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you second that. He, he, yeah. he was talking to me. Um, <laughs> it's the uh, the longevity of their relationship, the richness of it as the audience begins to to see it unveil itself, and how their their tie is so they are so connected from what they they yearn for and they they long for what they get from each other, and. And how the the attachment is always there, no matter how angry or divided they are. Um, it's 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 profound, and uh, that's pretty uh, much the story. Now nobody has to come see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I saw I saw it years ago, and and I I thought that it was it was very touching. But it, it starts to you know as you start to live more of your life, it puts it more in perspective. You're absolutely right. It's like a it's like a great novel. I mean, it's, there's stuff stuff I read in uh, in high school and then college, and you come back yeah. later. Meredith and I have been doing this for about thirty years. We first started doing it in the in the eighties, uh, I believe, in Beverly Hills. Remember at the Canon? Right, right. And. Uh, as we thing. grow older, you, there are different things that resonate with us in this piece, uh, uh, with these people in their lives, and it's it's fascinating. It never gets it never gets old in that respect. We get old. You get old, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that <laughs> the there's material never does. It's it's funny and it's it's profound and it's it's sad and it's introspective, but it's a uh, it, it's cool in that way. And it's so, but 
it's 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 the staging is is pretty. It's about as rudimentary as you can get. I mean, is is that uh, right? The emphasis is the emphasis is certainly on the words. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in this piece, and the words are incredible. We just love it. Do you do you? I mean, because you're sitting there and you're obviously doing we're doing the correspondence. You're reading you know notes and stuff like that. Is how much is committed to memory? How much do you sit there and you know? Uh, well, there's familiarity yeah. because we've we've done it so often, but it's. It's new every time. Yeah. Because he will read me a letter that, uh, something that he is writing to me. And it's like, I hear it different because of a different inflection. And something that happened this afternoon is going to color how I am presenting my letter. That's cool. It's, and this is a favorite of, of actors and, and, and people who have had on screen relationships or whatever. Because, and you guys, you, you obviously come from. Family ties, and 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 that was where we we uh, first knew of you as a couple, and then throughout the years, the I, does the audience? Do you think it, the audience reacts more warmly to you because they know of you as a pair to oh, begin with? Really? Okay, yeah, yeah, there's 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 an affection there that uh, from just there's a sort of a sort of implied intimacy of just being a part of their lives for as long as we have. And so they're happy to see us, and we're happy to see them, quite frankly. How many times have you performed the show? You said over 30 years. How many times? I couldn't, I couldn't even get into Oh, wow. Maybe. Okay. But here's the fun thing. that I think that they that someone will be attracted. They may not know the love letters or the, how, it, how it's laid out, but they will come to the show maybe because they know us, but they will stay and use whatever we bring to it to have a wonderful theater experience because it's it's so lovely to because we are richer characters to them than if they hadn't known who we are. I I, I get it. Yeah, that, so that I makes think sense. That really, is a, a it's a wonderful marriage. Of- this is very cool. So over over the years, you know, as you've done this, have you yourselves? Gotten that? Va- well, let's not say vastly, but much different perceptions of your characters. Oh, I. It, it keeps changing. Let's okay, put it that way. There, there, there. If I stand apart from my character, for example, there's certain things I don't care for about him. Uh, and but uh, as an actor, you're always an advocate. I think you're always arguing for your. For your character, I've heard that said that if I you, think, if, I think it's an, a kind of advocacy. If uh, you're playing a villain, you you like, or not that you're playing a villain, but you have to believe in the villain. Well, you have to try to understand why. So, I don't think any, very few people get up uh, out of bed every every day. Oh, one or two, I know maybe, but uh, <laughs> that say I, I can be. I'm going to be the worst possible person I can today. Yeah, you know they they're thinking they're doing right in some perverted way right they're defending themselves they're advocating for a certain point of view and so as an actor that's the point of view i i i take i think i think these two are fascinating because they desperately need each other that's why they stay in touch they Mm -hmm. supply things to each other the other was other was Otherwise, don't have. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask about uh, your field of work because you, you guys had mentioned the traffic and the, the, the beginning and, and not, not that not having to be a part of your, your daily lives. Because being an actor, uh, depending on what you actually do in that field, right now you guys are traveling from town to town. Your show moves around and all that and so forth. But when you had a show like Family Ties, we're very successful. This is a, a, a regular gig. Is that as close to a nine to five as uh, as you can get as an actor of having a, a a television show that's a regular schedule shooting, not counting tape night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I was always at a little bit at odds with it because I had led the gypsy life for so long, and then to finally get steady work was 
unusual and strange. Double-edged sword? Well, yeah, in a way. uh, I had come from repertory theater, and I was more accustomed to playing seven characters in a year than I was to play one character for seven years, as we did on Family Ties. And uh, I've often said to people, had I wanted steady work, I would have done something else for a living. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm more accustomed to the, the kind of freelance life, and that's Probably one of the reasons why I haven't done another series. I I kind of chafe at the idea of going to the same place every day. The no thing, kidding. The thing yeah. is, you you guys instantly on that show re- resonated as such. Uh, just for I, everyone I know perceived you as those are cool parents. Those, and you because you had there was an obvious you obviously have a friendship that's lasted the test of time and it's it's legitimate. You can't fake that. So there was that symmetry. But you both just came across as very warm. Uh, instantly, which is not, you know, we, we, we talk about in radio when you have a, a morning show or a collection of people, getting chemistry is the hardest thing. Meredith can fake work. <laughs> <laughs> for, for short periods of time. She's good at just that. enough yeah. time to take wow. the show. Yeah. I picked I up on that when, you, when you were yeah. walking in. I was like, what a phony. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Uh, what's interesting about that family dynamic, and, and I know this now as a, as a parent of three, is that uh, even though you have these three children that come from the same beings, that they're... All three of my kids are completely different. Isn't that weird? And you have to parent them all separately. You can't parent them the same way. And uh, and and so you have you know your three children. You got you know the the brainiac uh, politician. Then you have the the you know the kind of free spirited, not as brainiac. And then you have the uh, well, and not counting uh, Brian Bonsell who came by later, right, but right. Uh, Tina Yothers, who was uh, you know she was the uh, a, a jock. You know, um, it's so. I mean, that's so true to life. That's why it, 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 it I think, uh, I mean, one of the great blessings of that show was simply the writing. It was that simple. I was, uh, in some ways, I felt like a simply a, a conduit Who is for it? wonderful writing. Gary David Goldberg. Gary was David the, Goldberg. The creator. And he wrote Mark a lot. Mark Lawrence. You know? yeah. yes. Michael Whitehorn. It was, it was, Alan Uger. Alan Uger. Marvelous, marvelous uh, people. Have people. Andy Borowitz was there for a while. So ah. follow Andy. Andy and Susan Borowitz. I have to say to, to you, Meredith, when you've seen you play, um, <laughs> you to the point of being and jokingly uh, insincerely warm, when you when you set your mind to playing a baddie or or uh, you are a scary mofo. Uh, and Hi, I, thank you. I get my nickname for her. Scary mofo. I think I forget what show I've seen a couple times. It was one I would, and I can't remember where, but I remember, geez, God almighty. Probably Be- Betty Broderick. Betty yeah, Broderick was, a, was a great story, yeah. yeah. Wow. But there was another uh, another show, I remember you playing, uh, uh, you know, a, a nefarious type, and it runs so against, it ran so against the grain of, of the Keaton family, A, and B, you seem to savor it so much. Is that fun when you can tie into something that's totally contrary to what you're known for? Yes, um, yeah. and I, I remember reading um, a script once, and it was about a woman who was, a little off, and you see her talking to her little boy, and he starts asking her questions about his childhood. He's not, he's only about seven, but, and he doesn't understand images that keep flashing to him. And you realize she's saying, Oh, I'm going to have to kill him. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes! <laughs> I want to know how, how does she get up in the morning? Right. Where does she go? Yeah. What happens to her that she, that's where she's taking herself? We're, we're perpetually fascinated by characters like that, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much uh, Meredith's that. parenting style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, going so to have to kill him. <laughs> It's natural. You actually, you actually, you're, you're, you're the way you ch- chat with each other is the way my wife and I chat with each other. We're, we're constantly, oh, and, and you guys can't see Meredith actually hitting. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Michael, when we're in the, in the middle, she's actually that's slapping what's, him a little that's bit. That's what's nice about radio. You do not see the bruises. Yeah. <laughs> I have to also, I'm a huge fan of, of Tremors. And, oh, and, and, yeah. the, and the whole, and I, I, it's it's always had a sense of humor about itself. Right from the first film with, with you and Reba yeah. McIntyre and, and uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, Fred Ward. And uh, has, has, is that just a, a lot of fun to go do it that? It is an absolute lark. Yeah. It is an absolute lark. And uh, you know like Tremors see? 6, yeah. A Cold, cold Day, Day in Hell, hell yeah. is coming out <laughs> May 1st. I've seen them all. I, I've seen them all. What I love is you take a character that could easily be overly cartooned, and he's he's got uh, uh, Bert. He's got a he's got a soul. He's a good guy. He's got his his his, uh, his issues, but he's you know in, instead of just a one dimensional cartoon character, he's, he's he's got he's got fun to him. I like to think of uh, Bert uh, the way I approach him as as underly cartooned. <laughs> okay. Yes, right. <laughs> I never like that. Quite go too far. Yeah, just, no, but always funny. Cartoon. And you always like him, and you're always rooting for him to win against the graboids. <laughs> right. So right, yeah, right. very good. Yeah, you always knowing stuff. Yeah, you got your stuff down. Michael, I wanted to ask you about um, nostalgia in general because there's a trailer that's out right now. It's called "Won't You Be My Neighbor," and it's about um, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and. and um, I watched the trailers, two and a half minutes, and, and I got teary-eyed watching it. You know, is is it brought me back to my childhood. And obviously, with with you guys with family ties, um, there's a lot of nostalgia attached to that. But it can be dangerous living in nostalgia. You know, you, you don't want to live in the past too much. So how do you how do you separate the no, acting from the past and you, the acting from I the think, present? I think I think what's going to happen is they'll they'll come to see us because they know us, and the material itself is going to make that difference because the material takes you in whole different ways. It really is quite a brilliant brilliant piece Absolutely. that will yeah. just take them to a new place. I think it's, you know, no different than any actor or uh, that you see in a movie, you know, and, and you uh, you know them as uh, this character in a movie, and then you go see him in another movie. Like, I, uh, Michael, I saw you uh, on Broadway in Macbeth, and I didn't, we went, Kelsey Grammer was Macbeth. I, I wasn't expecting to see Frasier uh, yeah, in yeah. Macbeth. I expected, <laughs> you know, uh, Kelsey Grammer to right. you know portray this character, Macbeth, this. with his radio show and uh, <laughs> yeah. Seattle radio show. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's the truth. I mean, that's if it gets you in the door and people are exp- then experience this uh, this this uh, this play and enjoy it, then that's a plus. Right. I, I think there's a lot of people who, uh, to Nick's point, probably who have don't almost become resentful of what got them to the dance, and that that ends up seeming to haunt them. You know, and uh, some people have, uh, but you guys have always embraced. But you're always you're You've done far more work than just family ties, and that that works in your favor but, as well. But it is a classic, and, yeah. and it's 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 difficult to imagine anyone not asking us about that yeah. because uh, it's like uh, how do you how do you approach Lucille Ball without mentioning? Oh, d- did you do the Lucy show? <laughs> right, right. I mean, no, it, it was a classic. Don't yeah. bring up yeah. Lucy. Yeah, right, right. I don't want to talk about her. Don't bring up I love Lucy. Yeah, she right, freaks. Right. <laughs> So no, but seriously, it's it's a classic. Is how could people not talk about yeah. it? And it was uh, it was something, frankly, at the time that I think I took a little for granted. You don't know you're making history at the time. It meant so we, much to people. We were just talking about the fact that uh, what what was at Paramount the same time we were doing it, it was at Paramount Studios. Hmm. Happy Days was 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 a studio away. Joni loves Chachi. Cheers. Wow. Cheers. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was a great time, and yeah. one of the last. Of the of the sort of great uh, um, uh, TV the great sitcoms, yeah. 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 Oh, Laverne and Shirley was was down, was still running as well too. So, uh, Taxi. Oh, that's great! Yeah, great, great stuff. And these are all in adjoining studios, so um, you don't realize at the time that you're you're 
you're making some history and establishing it. You're just going to work every day. Right. And uh, and hoping it turns out well and worrying will you be canceled next year. You don't realize that history is being made. So I'm 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 ha- I'm happy for that time. And also, I'm happy to talk about it. We don't uh, doing the show. I, I never had a sense of how other people were experiencing it. So when people would come up to me years later and go, oh, I, I wanted you to be my mother. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, and I thought, well. Because I have really good writers. I, my writers at home are not as good. <laughs> I just want to go on record as saying, I never wanted Meredith to be my mother. <laughs> yeah. And there's a relief in that. Well, <laughs> she takes great comfort in that. Uh, if you're just jumping in, Meredith Baxter, Michael Grosser here. Uh, love letters at Bucks County Playhouse. And you know what, Michael, you're speaking of... of Making something that that stands the test of time is is kind of historical. It's still relevant and referenced in works today because uh, Ready Player One in the book. There's a lot of references to uh, uh, to family ties, and I don't know really? if you've seen. Yeah, yeah there yes. is. Absolutely. Well, Spielberg was a, was a good friend <laughs> it's of, not yeah. Gary, film. of Gary David That's Goldberg. Right. Oh, there you okay. go. He, he knew Gary, okay. and and he borrowed Michael Fox from Family Ties to. During the back filming of the Family Ties to do Back to the Future. Wow! So and I'm, not, I'm not a bit surprised. Meredith, you got a, a solo shout out in uh, Deadpool. Are you familiar with that? Someone said that, but I've uh, never heard how. Well, well oh. we've got it for you. <laughs> oh, um, nice. All right. So, and that movie hugely successful. One of the best superhero movies to ever come out. By yes. the way, I don't know if I got a career bump out of this. Uh, <laughs> listen, this is this is a reference to you. You ready? Okay, here we go. Anything on my bucket list would involve public. Nudity. Try giving Meredith Baxter Bernie a Dutch oven. No. Receiving a Dutch oven for Meredith Baxter Bernie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're using the Bernie, but yeah. yeah. And they're using the term I don't know. You don't know what a Dutch oven is? Yeah. Do, Michael, do you know what a Dutch oven is? Can I say this? I no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's when it's uh, two people are in bed together and one of them farts and then pulls the covers over your head. <laughs> My career is made. Yeah. Now, now, family ties that's, seems like a blip compared to... That's just to... the reference she was looking at. <laughs> this is so dismaying. Of course it's, it's I think considered that's a an honor, actually. Is it? Coming yeah, from, right? from Deadpool? Yes, absolutely. See, You're in it's high company. It's a male sense of humor. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it sort of is. Yeah. 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 Welcome it, to my world. <laughs> Mark was out to camp. Michael, one of my favorite places in this country is Montauk, New York. Uh, and the show The Affair is based in Montauk. Right. And that is why I started watching it. Were you on it or are you going to be on the next season? You know, this is, uh, this is, I've, I've, I've done two, uh, two guest spots as Maura Tierney's psychiatrist within the last couple months. And I, I, and I keep having to remind myself, I've got to find out when these are on because, (laughs) you know, I, I kind of lose track. You do the job and then I like, oh, I never saw that. So it's going to be on this new season. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I love those, I love those scenes. I loved Maura. I used to be, uh, for, for a couple of years, I played Noah Wiley's son on ER. And so I'd run into Maura a lot there. We never had worked together because I was mostly with Noah, but, um, uh, I really do like her as an actress, and uh, and we've just 
just had fun together. You know, Kathy's a big a big fan, uh, a of, fan of, of, the, of the series. And wait, you know what Meredith was in? I think it was only one episode, but Brothers and Sisters, which aired on ABC, that was like, they make fun of me because I still am upset that that show was canceled. That was a good well, show. It was a great show. Yeah, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of You both did soap operas at one point, did you not? Mm-hmm. And and uh, speaking of being playing the same a same one, I think did we you did, young we and restless? Did young and the restless. Right. Did, did or you enjoy? Or like to refer to it, the young and the rest of us. <laughs> uh, I hear we hear that that is the that nothing can compare to the that grind of being uh, when it was in its heyday, and, and all the networks had multiple soap operas on at one time. And that that was that was a boot camp for young actors, where you just you know you had to run and gun. Basically, was that your experience? Uh, yeah, Meredith, you too. Uh, very, very much. Yeah. So it's like I had, you know, for they, you know, on Family Ties, we would, well, just on a regular film show, uh, yeah. you would you would have to learn like about seven, eight pages a day, and that's pretty speedy. On on this show, it, yeah, sixty pages. A wow! Day. Wow! You know, you're doing an hour show every day. Yeah, and I, uh, I of work. Uh, just frankly, I don't, I couldn't have done that for very long, and yeah. I didn't do it for very long. They were like, like you are so out of here. Yeah. No, I did. I think I maybe did it for four or five months, and something like that. And I thought, I can't, I can't imagine doing this all the time because I love the time involved in collaboration, and there's not time to ask questions like wait a minute, why is he threatening to kill himself today? He wasn't suicidal yesterday. Right. <laughs> we don't have time to go into that. Uh-huh. Just say you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. It's like, why? No, don't ask why. Just kill yourself. I, okay. I love the way and they're come paced. come back as your dead brother. Right. Okay. And there's that, there's that look when you get the news, you sort of look away as if the geese are flying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, right. That's right. I never put those two together. Yes, and I kind of say... My mother is my sister. <laughs> what? Fascinating. <laughs> it's the end of scene look that I think creates... It can create... Yeah. Terrible acting habits. Yes. And so that's why you guys got out of there pretty quickly. Everything that's happening in your mind expressed on your face as they slowly die, the, the tank out, <laughs> is just endless. Yeah, yeah, and it happens all the time. I think, yeah. I think they got rid of me because I was asking too many questions. I really was. I was like, <laughs> but this doesn't make sense. Don't pay no attention <laughs> to the man behind the curtain. That's the great. writer behind the curtain. Do you guys believe in fate? Do you guys uh, believe that uh, fate maybe brought you guys together and kept you guys together for as long as they have? Meredith? I don't know. No? I I don't so much believe in in fate as as what you do with those times you come together. Right. I mean, you know, w- w- what you make. Have you guys it. worked? You make your own destiny. With yeah. anybody as much as you guys have worked with each other? We no. just figured out the other day. Can I tell them how old we are? They can do the math. We I already know in. how old you are. All right. We're <laughs> 70 years old. We I started doing family ties at age 35. We started doing... We've known each other for half our lives. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. Michael, did you uh, play a shrink on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, I played a dermatologist okay. on Curb Your Enthusiasm. What was that experience like? Because uh, we... It was great. I spent the entire episode trying to get uh, Larry David to remove his clothing so I could get a look, good look at it. <laughs> That's him. right. He was very resistant. <laughs> did you have a, a script at all, or was it just an idea as to what the show was going to be? Uh, it was an idea. Okay. It was. Uh, that's one of the things I loved about it is... I never had to learn lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was pure, you know, they give you a, an idea and you go in several directions with it and then you 
you in the and they'll say they'll stop and say okay what works what doesn't pare that down don't talk too much on that you, so it's basically a kind you, of you did play a shrink on uh, I think it was the the last episode that Michael J. Fox was on a Spin City, didn't you? How much do you guys watch? How do you know all this stuff? <laughs> he watches and Meredith. All we do is watch and TV. Meredith was on Spin City playing his mother. Mm-hmm. And oh, I well, played and I played That's perfect. And I played his uh, his shrink on a final uh, on the final episode of Spin City and it it was one of the greatest lead-in lines. His regular shrink, the receptionist said his regular shrink would not be there today. And he and he and uh, he was expecting to to meet his shrink, and he said, he's not going to be there. And Michael said, "What are the chances that somebody's going to walk in that door? I'm going to feel comfortable with that." <laughs> and then I walked and said, yeah. "Oh, hi, I'm Doctor So and So." Oh, that's great! That was great. The audience did not know I was. Uh, did Bill Lawrence write that. I forget who wrote that. The, the, the audience did not know I was going to be there, and they, they were, and it was just great. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah. How is he doing? Do you know Michael J. Fox? Uh, I ask him that because it's one of the frequent questions I get. And I had breakfast with him maybe about six months ago in New York or something like that. And I said, what do I tell people? He says, tell them I'm doing fine hmm. because it is a frequent question. Yeah. And he he was, you know, Parkinson's is a progressive disease. It never gets better, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But He's found some medication I ne- I, that he was taking, and I thought he never looked better. I saw him for a long time. He was yeah, he was uh, in great shape. An interview fairly recently, and whatever that that drug is, it, it suppresses a dramatic amount of what he got. I mean, it, it is. I'll sell you some of that drug. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you'll sure. calm down a little bit. <laughs> it's <you>. quite possible, <laughs> uh, but it's it's great to see him able to to do that. And you know, that's it's it's, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm sure no, he, you guys get asked as the conduit for his yeah. his health. I'm and sure the friendship the friendships are still there. We uh, that's great. Meredith and I have seen him when we've been in New York together, and we uh, you know we just it's it, it really it was one of those shows without a lot of. A lot of trouble. Yeah, everybody enjoyed each other. And, That's great. And still keep in touch to a degree. Yeah, we we liked even Skippy. Each other. <laughs> we, yeah, even, even Skippy. We liked. Everybody got along beautifully. Really. That's really. great. It's that's uh, that's one of those rare moments. We're the same way. We're all lucky. You know, us. We, we love to work lucky with us. each other, and it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And this. <laughs> I'm sorry, that means our time is up. <laughs> I just, that's our cue. That's it. <laughs> I was trying to find a way to fit that in there. there so I'm sorry, our time is up. Listen, we are so delighted you guys came by here today. Uh, we've been big fans for a long, long time. We hope you enjoy your time here. In the We're having a great time thus far. It's been fun with you this morning. Thank really you. Sweet. Thank you so much. Meredith Baxter and Michael Grove. Yeah. WMMR's live stream. Our daily programming available anytime, anywhere on your desktop, tablet, smartphone, or open the new MMR skill with Alexa. Great sound quality and the occasional bonus song. Nice. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Start with one that hits close to me. Police say a man stole golf balls from a private country club and resold them to a driving range. What the f***? But wait till you hear about how many uh, he stole over time. Uh, Joseph Kalenda, who's 58, was arrested on a warrant last week and charged with second-degree larceny, a search warrant. 
executed at his home in August, found in excess of 2,500 golf balls, many of them stamped with the Patterson Club logo. Uh, police began investigating in August after a club member found Patterson's golf club golf balls while using the driving range at Great Brook Sports. Now, officials told police they were there were three instances this summer where they discovered golf balls left uh, for members to use were taken. The thefts happened uh, well with a, it ended up being a total of about twenty thousand eight hundred golf balls. Twenty thousand golf balls. Yeah, that this guy stole. Don't they pay people to go into like the ponds and stuff and get the golf balls out of those? If it's yeah, if you have a lot of water, right, on the golf yeah. course, Sometimes they will, but they also have you know a really nice club will have brand new, really good golf balls that they'll use for the so driving. He, he was range. stealing and reselling. Yeah, that's exactly it. So a detective. Went to the facility and purchased a bucket of balls at the driving range. He found golf balls with the Patterson logo on there, and they talked to the manager, and they said that this guy sold them to him. So they busted him. You have my balls. Now he's uh, in. He's been charged with a second degree larceny for stealing golf balls. A Texas, oh, my balls. a Texas zoo was forced to close for the day after a wild mountain lion was spotted roaming around the park. A security guard discovered the stray feline inside the El Paso Zoo at approximately six a.m. Friday and alerted authorities. Officials were not able to find the mountain lion in the office hours. Did I have I presented this story before? I don't think so. Okay, all right. And the zoo remained closed as the search. He did continued. one about golf balls. Okay, that yeah. I think I remember okay. that one. The animal does not belong to the park, as the El Paso Zoo does not have a mountain lion exhibit. So it's just a, a visiting the park. Yeah, uh, it's possible the big cat came. I love zoos. A desert area near the southwest Texas city. Uh, let's see. A man has been arrested after a fire extinguisher inspection led to the uh, alleged discovery of child porn. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, employees at the Shadow Creek Apartments were collecting fire extinguishers for inspection on Friday. When they reached the suspect's apartment, they were inside. They found what appeared to be a slideshow of child pornography Are you kidding me? on his computer in the living room. Police were called and went to the apartment. They confirmed the existence. Uh, police say the suspect, James Drew Taylor, uh, was located at his place of appointment, uh, uh, employment, and he allegedly told police that he did download the images from the Internet. Um, now, tenants of this place were notified by three emails uh, prior to the inspections that they should put their fire extinguishers outside for collection. So, But listen, honestly, in this case, I'm always glad when the child pornographers are dumb. Stupid. Yeah. 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 Yep, precisely. Anything that leads to them, them uh, being captured is A-OK in my book. Exactly. Uh, apparently, a cute cat can be considered offensive to some. The U.S. Embassy in Canberra, Australia, has apologized on half of the Department of State, which accidentally sent out a test email Featuring a photo of a cat dressed in a cookie monster costume. <laughs> so why, what's the big problem? According to the Australian Associated Press, the photo was titled Cat Pajama Jam. And, this? and was sent with an email titled Meeting as part of a fake meeting invitation sent by the Department of State to recipients. This is adorable. Uh, I want to work for this government. Yeah. Uh, the, US, <laughs> the U.S. Embassy's apology reads in part, sorry to disappoint those of you who were hoping to attend the cat pajama party, but such an event... Uh, falls cookies. falls well outside our area of expertise. It was a training error made by one of our new staff testing our email newsletter platform. So it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek apology. All right. But, I don't uh, know who would be offended by this adorable little picture. It is super cute. Look at that. Uh, what would you say for, uh, what would you do for a bag of Doritos? That's the question. Well, the sheriff's department is handy. Say, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You just—I thought it's part of the thing. You were just asking. No. It's, okay. I do like those. <laughs> yeah. Handies or Doritos? Uh, handy, both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a win-win for me. What's going on? <laughs> right. Yeah. We're negotiating here now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean give or get? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we get. I thought yeah. you were saying give. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They're okay. good. They're right. good. The sheriff's department in San Bernardino, California, post on Sunday about their adventure luring a pig the size of a miniature horse back home. Oh, I saw this. And they write the. Responding officers knew where the pig lived due to previous calls, and they lured him back home with Doritos. <laughs> Look at the size of this thing, Kathy. Oh, my God. And they were literally dropping Doritos on the road, like, one at a time, like a, like a trail of breadcrumbs. And they were, and, and it was just from the deputy's lunch, and the pig followed her and was brought all the way back home with that. Isn't that great? Yeah. That my, little my, piggy went home. Yes, it did. <laughs> my wife follows people on Instagram that thought they were getting a miniature pig. And I, so when they bought it as a piglet, it was tiny. They didn't realize and it was. now, And it lives in their home. Yeah. It's not a barn oh, or a farm. Like, like 300 no. pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Marymead Farm has one of those huge pigs. Yeah. They can get really, They're really big. Giant. One last story. A group of elderly female residents at the Milton Lodge, a retirement home in England, have been treated to a meal served by scantily clad butlers. Wow. Claire Martin, activities co-coordinator at the Milton Lodge, said it was... Did you 80... say activities? Yeah. yeah. It was 89-year-old Joan Corp... Had like some spotted dick. ...who thought up the idea. Martin says, whenever you ask Whoa. Joan what she wants that day, she always <laughs> says she wants a man. Yeah. Uh, so, the, yeah, and these guys are in, like, Chippendale yeah. costumes. And they, from what I understand, Preston, they will have sex with these women. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> you understand. Uh, the activities coordinator said, uh, so we weren't surprised when she wanted it to be her wish. The home hired men from a company called Hunks and Trunks huh. to serve residents a three-course dinner. The gentlemen were told to do some, quote, harmless flirting. And the oh, el- they don't have sex then. The eldest resident at the home, Doll Jenkins, who is 99, said she loved the butlers and the buff and has requested for them to come back for her 100th birthday. Well, that's sweet. Yeah, so they had a good Getting time. Getting all turned on. Yep. All right. There you go. That's what I have <laughs> in the bizarre file for you. Just like to tell you. This 93.3 WMMR audio on demand program returns after a brief word from our sponsors. Hey, what's up? It's Preston. Listen, I'd like to thank Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. Jack Frost and Big Boulder Ski Areas are officially open for the season. And WMMR's Day Up on the Slopes with Pierre Jackson is January 4th. Tickets are available now at WMMR.com while supplies last. JFBB, where the snow comes first. If you love paying for shipping, you're going to hate Steven Singer. Free shipping both ways, making return and exchanges easy. Visit him online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. Hey, it's Preston. Listen, I'd like you to make it a perfectly personal new year with our friends at Hannah Stone. Make it personal. Make it about you. You spend enough time over the holidays thinking about everybody else. Let's think about it you now. There's over 50 locations of Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa in Delaware, South Jersey, Philadelphia, the Lehigh Valley, and the spa services start at just $59.95. Take a look at what I'm talking about. Hand and Stone Massage and Facial Spa. Go to handandstone.com today. This is the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're excited to welcome them back to our studio. Please say hello to Connor, Dominic, Joe, and Philip of Nothing But Thieves. Yeah! This morning, welcome, welcome back. Thank you. Good to see you guys once again. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. And back. and listen, we know how it is for uh, um, 
musicians this early in the morning. It's ridiculous. This is the opposite of when you're up and getting around. <laughs> yeah. uh, and especially you, Connor, as a, as a singer. And you've got such a, you have such a melodic voice, man. And you get you have a really high register. It's got to be, you, you have to hate doing this. Oh, it's all right. I mean, can you swear on this station? No. I won't then. If it's some sort of cryptic... I would not. I'm just going to say, our bus is awful. (laughs) Is it? That's all it is. Your bus is awful? Oh, yeah. Really? I'm tired. It's all good. There's there's been some budget cuts on this tour. Oh. We're we're now trying to be a band that makes some money. This is a thing, apparently. (laughs) I was being honest. (laughs) So you decided you want a profit margin. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's an avant-garde approach. It's it's a new new concept for us. Don't you remember the days you fantasized riding around in a tour bus and being yeah. out on the road. It's so funny, like, all your mates, like, you're living the dream, you're on the tour bus, you're like, it's literally just like a cardboard box. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it is the least glamorous thing, like... It was built when I was born. Oh, oh really? Jesus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you remember that old Jackson Brown song about, you know, on the tour bus, and it seems so romantic, and it's... And, and I've never heard any musician say it's anything else but a hellhole. Go and smell our crew and tell me that's romantic. <laughs> right, right. Wow, you guys you guys have some big gigs coming up this year. You have uh, Coachella. You're doing the Reading Festival. You're doing the Leeds Festival. Yeah. Have you played some of these events before? We do. We've done Reading and Leeds before. It's kind okay. of our, one of our favorite festivals back home. It's yeah. It's brilliant. Um, we've not done Coachella the first, there. Yeah, it's the first. first time for us. Now, Coachella, is it's a weird thing because it's uh, it, it has a lot of gravitas. It's respected, but it also has a, a, a high douchebag factor that attends it. <laughs> so it, it's got this split thing. But if the bill's solid... You know, it still has. There's a lot of reverence for it, but you it's know also I'm... beautiful too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been into in the uh, Coachella Valley, but uh, I, I was there not for Coachella, but for Old Cella. So it was um, it was uh, uh, Paul McCartney for and uh, the Who for and, retirees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was a Paul McCartney, the Who, yeah. Bob Dylan, oh, yeah, Pink Floyd. Yeah, like it was awesome, but oh. uh, just. That area with the with the stones, yes, I, the mountains in the background. Uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful place to play. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot like England. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very similar. Very similar. Uh, who have you guys uh, made friends with, uh, band wise? Because we hear a lot about you know not as much these days, but uh, bands can get into uh, rivalries. rivalries and things yeah. like that. But there's also a lot of camaraderie, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, we made a few friends. Yeah, when, I guess when you're when you're on the road, like it's always funny at festivals because you just it's like one big party backstage. <laughs> you just you, you've got a dressing room next to somebody else. So you just yeah. uh, you get talking. But um, I'm trying to think of other Brits you may have. Had, we're good mates with Bastille. Do you know those guys? Yeah, I love those yeah. guys. Yeah, Bastille. We bump into Royal Blood every now and then. I was going to mention them. Royal Blood have yeah. been by here as well. Yeah. Their first their first appearance on uh, the American radio, radio. American Radio was in the studio. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're cool guys, and they're obviously killing it over here. They've been out with Queens of Stone Age, haven't they? Which is highly suspect. But you know, you, you, yeah. Yeah. I like those guys a lot as well. Yeah. You bring up the uh, the like the uh, the festival shows. We we have the MMRBQ, which is a big uh, festival that's c- uh, coming up. And, uh, yeah, you see that because we go backstage and, you know, everyone just sort of, uh, it is, I guess for you guys in a way, it, it is a, a close to a, like a like a, a party. I mean, you're yeah. performing, but you're also socializing with like-minded people. Yeah, and it's it's just nice, like, it's just a cool environment. I think everyone's just, is there for a good time and it's it's cool to, like you say, catch up with people and you can share. So you're all in the same sort of boat and you all have the same lifestyle. So right. You talk about sort of similar stuff and sure. same experiences. There was an article, we, we talked about this on the air uh, a couple of years ago, some guys that were um, uh, in Westchester, they were English guys, and they were saying okay. in America with an English accent, it is so easy to get laid <laughs> that it is ridiculously <laughs> easy. You don't even have to say 
that you're in a band. Oh, yeah, it's. I think the the accent thing is still like alive. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a big. It's, it's weird. Like even if you just go order some food, like it's a talking point. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I, I went and grabbed uh, Connor some. Uh, well, we say water. Here in Philadelphia, but uh, I said, uh, "Do you want some something to drink?" He said, "Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a some more water. Oh, water, water, water." water. Like, and I'm walking down the hall going, "Water." water. I said, if I said water, <laughs> I would get chicks. I would, t- yeah. you know, even this thing right here. He said water. I remember I was at a bar recently. Um, it was one of uh, one of our previous tours in the U.S. and I ordered a drink at the bar, and um, the, the barmaid was like, "Why are you putting on this accent?" Like, <laughs> she was like, "It does not impress me." Well, there were there was. I was a, like, Oh, I got accused of, of not being British, and then I happened to have my passport in my pocket, so I sort of just... That's out. hilarious, but there was a story of guys who were who, really? who were going around That's who were faking so Australian accents. That's cheesy, right? Yeah. yeah. Does it work in reverse? Does it work for Americans in England? I think it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. We've, we've heard that as well, that it's a complete turn-off. No, it's, I mean, it's, le- it's less common to get, um, like... Um, you guys, like, especially like in the middle of nowhere, the UK, like in London, it's quite common to get Americans out and about. Right. If, if you're just in a random city, then you'd be a bit like, why have you come to Grimsby? <laughs> <laughs> What's your story? Why are you in Basildon? Yeah, we were, we were in, uh, we went to, to Ireland several years ago and we were in Dublin and we couldn't find anybody with a freaking Irish accent. <laughs> around we're, we're, there, we're there to do a St. Patrick's Day broadcast yeah. in Dublin. Yeah. We're up in the, <laughs> well, there's like the Sky Bar, the Gravity Bar. Gravity Bar at the Guinness Brewery, half the people in there no are Spanish. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there's like there's no there's nobody yeah, from the, essential, all yeah. tourists. Yeah. And then we went to a small town and had a great freaking time. Yeah, it was great with yeah. the actual the locals. Well, listen, we, we you guys are all tuned up, and we'd love to hear what are we gonna what are we gonna hear this morning? Uh, we're gonna play Sorry first. All right, let's check it out. This is nothing but thieves on MMR. You might kill me with desire. Something that you do me I run away like Mercury And I know you think it's rough When you're trying to patch yourself But I say all you want is love You just say I drink too much Maybe I'm effective Or maybe I'm wrong Sorry, sorry for what I've done Maybe I'm a nature or maybe I'm young I'm sorry, sorry for what I've done Ooh, I'm a t-shirt
Thieves on 93.3 WMMR. That song, Sorry, by the way, in the version that you're hearing right now, I understand you guys have, uh, the album is, is Broken Machine, but uh, there's a deluxe edition, there's a standard deluxe edition, there's four more songs, and you've got an acoustic version of that song yeah. on that deluxe. Uh, do you like one better than the other? Do you like the plugged in? Do you like the acoustic? Because it's, it's a really moody song, you know? I think they've both got their merits, really. Yeah, um, yeah they're, they're similar. needs. <laughs> What's that? Different versions of a different needs. Okay. <laughs> but those those are similar. I, I, I love the album, and Particles particularly is my favorite song. Uh, the you. piano version at the end of oh, it. Cool. I was begging Bridget uh, here to, to have you guys perform that song here today, but um, uh-huh. I, I, it's... Um, it's on a regular rotation uh, on my, my iPhone. I, oh, I listen you. to it at least once a day. Well, we uh, think uh, we were going to bring it in towards the end of the year. In yeah, terms of service, I think we're going to so. try it. But there's a reason we we don't play it. Yeah. because I can't play it. Oh. <laughs> <So when we laughs> on the, piano. When we got yeah. to the studio, <laughs> I tried to play the piano part, uh-huh. and I was so bad at it, I had to record my left hand first. <laughs> <laughs> and my hand no Seriously. kidding. Yeah. Wow. This is crazy. And... Even then, the piano part still gets, like, abused for being so bad. People it, are just like, this is a dreadful piano part. I'm like, I'm trying, man. Well, <laughs> the, the, listen, the finished product um, we is fooled everyone. amazing. It, yeah. no, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you, if you did it one key at a time. Yeah. The end product is, is, is just a, a beautiful, beautiful song. <laughs> he saved it yeah. by, by wailing so over it. Anybody can be a musician. All you have to do is go in and record it any way that you want, and then and then you can have a song, too. Yeah. <laughs> I remember... I remember Hearing an interview, it might have been with Eddie Van Halen or something like that. It was talking about they went into the song, they, were, they or went in the studio, and they write these songs, and they had these backup vocal parts. Well, they did the they did the music, they did the main vocals, and then they added the backup vocals. And they were about to go on tour. Eddie realized that he couldn't sing and play the backup vocal part at the same time. He's like, "Dear, I never rehearsed this. Yeah, I never tried this, and I can't figure out how to do it." So you kind of yeah. you got to be conscious yeah, of that when true. you're in the studio, right? Definitely. Yeah, that. we do always try and like. 
Apart from that. Apart from that. What we can do in the studio, we do live, you know. We kind of have a figure-it-out later attitude. Yeah. If it sounds good in the studio, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll do it on the night. We'll do it on the night. On the night of the performance. Yeah, we'll do it live. You did some cool things, though, you know, after the album was released on your Vivo account and ended up on YouTube where you did strip some of your songs down, which was like a nice treat, I think, to anybody that's a fan of the band. Uh, you know, obviously, we, I, I love the studio version of things, but I always like to hear alternative versions yeah. of the songs that I like. Yeah, it's cool. It, it, let, it lets the song breathe a bit. Mm. I think sometimes when you're in the studio, you sort of you, there's a lot of tricks you can do to it and production tricks, and um, it's nice to hear it in its sort of pure form. It's and, funny because yeah. sometimes there are, there are you know, uh, a song is great on its album version, but you end up, like I think uh, uh, Jane says, Jane's Addiction, uh, the uh, the live version is is not as good as the the album version. You know, usually yeah. the, the the live version just has a little element to it that you you expect to be there. Well, I, I like that about our shows. We get kind of mixed feedback in terms of like we prefer the live shows to the <laughs> album, we prefer the album to the live shows, and like, I kind of like that. There's this kind of I don't know the live shows a debate. Uh, but it's kind of offers a different side of what we can do. I don't think you can always capture that in a studio recording. Um, I think they're two kind of different beasts. But yeah. Um, I think we just try and make our live shows just as exciting as, as possible. Well, and that's right now the, the state of the industry, the state of the music industry is is performance focused. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. used to be the other way around, and now yeah, yeah. The, the, the recorded stuff supports the concerts. Well, there's nothing worse than going to a gig and being sort of underwhelmed or hearing that the singer can't do what, <laughs> what they've done on the record. Right, right. A tune or a million takes done or, you know, a load of tricks. Yeah. So, yeah, we try and, we try and sort of... Do what we've done on the album, I guess. Uh, Dominic, I have to ask: Does anybody ever mistake you for Russell Brand? I was just about to say when you were talking earlier, he takes great pride in that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, the, it's made, your voice is similar to yeah. his, and you have a slight bit of an appearance of yeah, him. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the way the way I talk. Yeah, a Lothario. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Where's he from? I mean, I, obviously, I know he's from our area. He's from, he's from Grays. He's from Grays. Yeah, Grays is, it's, it's literally like yeah. twenty minutes down the road. But, yeah, um, Grays yeah, is as bad I'm as like it sounds. By the way. <laughs> oh, really, Grays? Grays. Yeah. Well, so my friend is from Manchester, and I was with her last night, and I was telling her that you guys were coming in, and she wanted to know where you were from, and I said, "Well, I, I would say Essex." Yeah. Okay. Essex and she's good. like, "Oh, she's like, oh, that's like the Jersey Shore of England." Yeah, pretty much. She said, <laughs> is it? "It's all like fake tans." Yeah. And yeah, really. It's really, um, quite, yeah. it's really quite embarrassing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that. But <laughs> well, have you, in fact, yourself got a chance to uh, feel up Katy Perry, or no? No, uh, no, no, no that, not not as of yet. Okay, um, but, you know, well, you're young. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Russell Brown thing's funny because I'm sort of. I sound like him, but there's no wit or intellect <laughs> or any kind of like, you know, it's just absolute nonsense, like drivel. I hear he's, he's a mean piano player, too, from yeah. over here. Right. He can actually play. He can actually play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nice. All right, can we get another one more song out of yeah, you guys? Sure. Yeah. All right, what are we going to hear this time, Connor? Oh, we're going to do a classic. Yeah. Um, play Trip Switch. Awesome. All right, excellent. This is Nothing But Thieves on MMR. Uh-huh. All right.
vocal demand. Nothing but thieves on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah, I was wondering about, you know, Connor and, and the way you sing, and it's very expressive, and, and uh, you know, you go up into these falsettos and you use this beautiful vibrato and everything. How old were you, were you when you started uh, experimenting vocally like that? Because, you know, as kids, they, you know, old McDonald had a farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, was that you? That's a funny thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. My, uh, my, I've got a fairly musical family. My dad's a uh, really good singer and um, did a lot of kind of bluesy gospel stuff as a kid. He he did growing up. So I kind of. It probably comes to you the first time you zip your nuts up, right? Yeah. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember seeing, like, uh, Steve, we saw a video of uh, that uh, that Amy Winehouse documentary, and here yes. she is, like, you know, 12, 13 years old, and she's singing Happy, happy birthday, birthday, yeah. And she, everybody's going, Happy Birthday yeah. to yeah. you, and she's, uh, she's all over the place, just branching out vocally. Yeah, yeah. And you just, she just had it. She had it, yeah. You know, and I, I assume you had it at an early age, too, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's just uh, ingrained in me. That's cool, and, uh, Yeah, just push myself and progress and 
There are some uh, some, some bands that I like that uh, they come from musical families, and every now and again, their uh, father will come out and perform with them. Does that ever happen with you guys? <laughs> oh <my God>. no. <laughs> <laughs> as much as he'd like that and take for it, I like I, when we went on a family holiday once. There was a Freddie Mercury impersonator. I didn't never told you this. Freddie Mercury Freddie impersonator. impersonator. My dad and they asked someone in the audience to come and do like a sing off. <laughs> And my dad beat him. Really? And I was like, oh, wow. I was really impressed as a kid, yeah. That's he, like, held a note longer than this impersonator could do. I was like, wow. That's wow. pretty, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That is awesome. I was impressed. Well, we thank you guys for uh, for coming by again this morning. You're welcome here anytime. Uh, you guys are doing great. And congratulations. I know you're... You know, you're touring really, working really, really hard. Uh, keep it up, and, and Thanks, we, we appreciate it. Thank Thanks you for having much. us. Thank, Thank you so much. You, you got it. Nothing but these, yeah. guys. Great band. Fantastic. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Totally Office Calendar 2019. Twelve magnificent months featuring the most gorgeous girls and our loveliest listeners. On sale now for just 15 bucks in the MMR Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Order by December 10th to have it in time for the holidays. Or get your hands on a free copy at an upcoming calendar raid while meeting the girls and the members of the show. Details at WMMR.com. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. There was a study that came out, a new survey, actually. It's a British survey. We've been seeing a lot of British surveys lately. You mean in England? Yeah, and we're headed to London. Tomorrow, but well, we can actually go verify the validity of this. Well, it's uh, about sex injuries. Oh yeah, uh, and they are more common than they think. So uh, the Euro Clinics company had uh, asked British people about their sex habits and found that fifteen percent of participants have hurt themselves while getting down and dirty. There was and, just a, a report. There was somebody I was reading there the the, the newspaper The Sun, and we're in, in anticipation of going over there to tabloidy newspaper, and there was a woman who was suing. She was having sex, and she, I guess, was in the superior position, up and fell off, and now is in a wheelchair. And she was, I think she sued the bed manufacturer. Yeah, I had it in the bizarre file. Was that it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was launched off of it. There we go, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. Uh, paralyzed. Yes, paralyzed, yeah. 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 Uh, so, if you, if you guys know, this isn't technically an injury. You ever had a cramp? Oh, yes. Doing it? Oh, yeah. That yeah. sucks, because that kills it. I yes. mean, like, you're, you're done, like a charlie horse or something like that, or... And then you, it's like, oh, oh, ah! Or, or, or they think you're really hamming it up. Right. Like, oh, this guy's really going for gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that would fall under. That's not necessarily. Have you ever had, have you ever had a really bad one? Uh, I a cramp? Have, yeah. Yeah. I have. So because, listen, you are you can stretch all you want, but there's some positions you only are going to do, you know, when you're having sex. You mean you can't do those at the gym? Yes, <laughs> they won't let you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having sex with this bench. I'm sorry. I'm doing the wheelbarrow Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. Uh, so, no, it's it's interesting. I believe, that, yeah, the most injuries reported, and I will be uh, delicate with my description. I appreciate it. Uh, th- no problem, Bill, are, are small tears. Oh. Of the... Oh, uh, tear and sex and yeah. skin and flesh. In, in, I don't... Are we, so we're talking tears? about... Are we when, talking the point of entry? Yeah. The yeah. garage door? Yeah, the garage door tear. Oh. Uh, and the carport. They were at the top of the list, and uh, small tears. It says usually heal on their own, but when it comes to large tears, you need to go see a doctor. And one way to prevent future. Cuts, I think any tear warrants a uh, trip to the doctor. One one way to prevent uh, future cuts is uh, lubrication. Yes, uh, they are saying. So. Can you use like one of those shoe expanders? 
Uh, <laughs> the shoe tree? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, give it a go. Just I don't to make know. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they said uh, survey participants also reported that they suffered from carpet burn during sex. Uh, I've, I've had that. Yeah. And then what you, you do is in the moment of bliss, you're unaware. It's like when you come in after being outside in the cold yeah. and you scratch because it's itchy and you don't realize just how much you're scratching yeah. until everything warms up again. Yeah. You don't realize so, so that you're in the heat of passion. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've whittled my kneecaps down to the bone. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it uh, Marilyn, formerly from the Preston Steve show? Yes. Uh, uh, she was in a hot tub, Hot right? tub. It's a wooden yeah. hot tub. Yeah. And she, uh, she like, the th- same situation. Yeah. And her nickname was Knees after Knees. that. Knees, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she gave us this information. It was like we found it secondhand. No, 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 no. She absolutely told that story. Uh, and then you have the broken penis, uh, which happens uh, during intercourse. And uh, that can be extremely painful, and it could sometimes require surgery. Have you ever come close to it? I've had that moment where it's like, oops, yes, uh, don't uh, do that again. Uh, yes. Uh, mine was in a car door. It wasn't having sex. Oh, dear yeah. God. Uh, no, no, it was, um, yeah, it is, These listen, this, 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 it's part of life, and these are the kind of things you can encounter, but it can, it can be very dangerous, and it can be very debilitating things that occur. Yeah, there was a guy who uh, actually... What's his name? Ross Asdorian, a New York City-based video producer, uh, suffered one after a college hookup gone awry. And it says he had uh, he wrote a memoir called Broken Banana. <laughs> uh, and it was uh, four months, two surgeries, and $60,000 medical bills. Four months, two surgeries? Yeah. Can you imagine that joy? That's pretty nasty. What, well, what kind of donut do you sit on when you've had that? Yeah. <laughs> Let me go to Dalton. Hey, Dalton, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, so I just wanted to share my story. Yeah. Um, I didn't break my banana, luckily, but um, I did have a pretty serious injury. During, uh, during the was, act. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. So it was uh, animal style. Can I say that? Yeah, yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. We'll assume we're, we're <laughs> yeah. speaking of maybe of the canine variety. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, you see where it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I had a torn meniscus, but that wasn't holding me back at the time. I got kind of low. The bed was lower. Yeah. So I got kind of low, and I was executing a pelvic thrust. Right. And uh, and you knew the Russian and, judges were going to be hard, so you're giving it your all. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I, I went for it, and uh, I felt the pop. I laid down in the bed, Ooh. and I was just kind of writhing there for a minute. Yeah. And uh, What part of your body had hurt? Oh, it was my ACL. Oh, your ACL. Yeah. That's not how you spell yeah. penis. No, it was his no, knee, dude. No. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, you know what? You know what, uh, Dalton? That popping yeah. sensation is is what has been described when you have the 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 phallic crack, break. the break. Yeah. That there is well, it, it's like I, a like a bubble wrap almost. I felt it in my knee, and I would not want to feel that anywhere closer to my groin. That's so what was how what was your recovery like? I mean, an ACL that's not that's not playing around. That's a bad injury. Well, right now I'm uh, I'm six weeks out of surgery and I'm just getting the brace off. How long wow. did this happen? Uh, it was uh, over the summer. Wow! But I, I only got gotten surgery pretty recently. But you, so. And when you're in the throes of it, Dalton, you're again you you uh, everything's you you, you're, you're in the pleasure realm and you're not you're not aware of how perhaps overextended you are or right? Is, isn't that the experience? Oh, I was lost in the moment. Lost in the moment. Hey, let, let me ask you this, Dalton. Not unlike certain people, you know, people who may have had a bad experience with tequila, they can no longer drink it again. Uh, are you now <laughs> staying away from this uh, animal position, or do you think well, you might someday have the uh, 
uh, have the gumption to go at it again. Well, I could tell you when I had the brace on, and after about four weeks of PT, I started feeling pretty strong. Yeah. So we went at it and with nothing but the brace on, and uh, I'm happy to report that there was no re-injury. There you go. Okay. Though right. I, I would have yeah. felt, I agree with you. I know what you're saying, Preston. Though. You it's, got it's right like, back on that like horse. I had food poisoning from pork lo mein. Yeah. I haven't eaten it since. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Um, um, so it can happen. Yeah, or right. and, and having sex with pork lo mein could be a difficult thing, thank, too. Thank you, Dalton. Appreciate that. <laughs> We go to well. You make sure it's not really hot. Take the chopsticks. Out. I'm going to go to Brian. Brian, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, guys. You guys rock. Thanks, man. What's up, Brian? Not much, man. Um, I also have a little story about the same kind of animal position. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, that. We're going uh, uh, kind of at a downward angle. Everything's going yes. great. Yeah. You know, she's uh, you know going a little bit crazy, right. but uh, she kind of whips her head back, and I'm leaned down at the time, and oh, no. the top of her head catches my chin, I guess, on the, the right angle. Dude, she hit well, the button, yeah. My face plants into the carpet, dead weight, <laughs> snoring, out cold in the carpet, drooling. She, she I mean, knocked you out. She hit the button. Knocked me out cold. Oh, you were knocked out? Dude. <laughs> I had rug burn on my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> that oh my is God. sensational. You what? know, it's it's horrible in the moment, but what a story you have. I wonder yeah. I wonder what she, what her sensation was like. All of a sudden, oh my God. She, she, she stood up and went, ding, ding. <laughs> but all of a sudden, dead weight flattens her to the ground. Seriously. Wow. Damn, I'm good. Oh. I mean, we are married, you know, 10 years, three yeah. kids later, so it all ended up working out. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean that story comes up all the time whenever anyone wants to talk about an awkward encounter. Brian, it had yeah. to you had had to be at exactly the right slash wrong angle and for, to lay you out like that. But that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I don't know if all you guys, right, thanks, guys. Re- I don't know if you guys remember, but it was a friend of mine uh, that you all know who was hooking up with a girl. She came out of the closet in lingerie, and she kind of was excited, so she jumped on, t- kind of gave like a little hop onto the bed. Well, she jumped, I guess, a little bit harder than she thought, and she catapulted off and into <laughs> the windowsill and knocked herself out. Wow! Oh and the guy was just standing there, and he was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" And he had to obviously he helped her, and then. Nothing ended up happening because she had a huge egg on her head. She knocked herself out. He kind of laid her in the bed. And then, who, who is it? Can you jump? Down? No, no, I cannot. I cannot say who it is. Right. But I will tell you off air. Okay. I, I will tell you. You can write it down. I, I, I promise I won't say. It, but the, the um, maybe that's a good that's a good course of action, Preston. If you're if you're going to have uh, sex on a particular bed for the first time, mm-hmm. kind of jump on it a little bit. See, yeah, see the give on. See it. what you're dealing Be, with before you end up like see one of the flying Walendas. Uh, I will go to. Oh. Hang on, let me see. Let me see the name. Uh, oh wow! Really? Yeah. Okay. Who's the guy? Wow! All right, let me go to Mark. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Right. We're not going to say exactly who. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why not? Good morning. Good morning, Mark. What's up, buddy? I'm not bad. Broke my ankle. What? Uh, I right. my ankle in the Poconos. My wife and I went up to the Poconos and... Is that the position or where you were? <laughs> where we were. Okay. Were, you, were you in a champagne hot tub, by the way? <laughs> no, no, okay. no. We're not regular hard-ass little bed. That's right. the other room. Hard-ass little bed. <laughs> yeah. Two suites, champagne and hard-ass little bed. All right. Yeah, yeah it was awful. And well, um, do, do you have in common the position that the other callers were talking about? Uh, no, this was the missionary position. Okay. okay. All right. Yes. And um, my wife is... Uh, uh, Vocal? 
No, listen. In his realm, you did a good job. You you, you tried, and 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 from where what you could have said, believe it or not, we can't even say that. So, but it's it's, Mark. I'll fix you. Yeah, she's, she's a sprinkler. Right. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like a sparkle. And, uh, right. Yeah. We usually have a, a, a mat of some sort down to catch it. Good Lord. Do, why don't and you just do it in a children's wading pool? Oh, my God. <laughs> and she didn't want to, so she pushed me off. Oh, my God. And when she pushed me off, I went right back onto my ankle. Oh, my God. Dude, this has so many levels of <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. There's, there, I'm trying. Listen, uh, and I, you know, we have to keep the FCC license as the one who's the Joker. I can't even get a credit card in this one. Uh, 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 Mark, uh, uh. when you tell this story to your friends, how do you tell it? Like, are, do you just and is your wife cool with you telling this story? He usually gets up and says, uh, "Pastor, I have something to tell you." <laughs> My wife would. Kill me if I did that. Oh, so you go on the radio. Oh, and yes. like you're <laughs> the radio she should be okay time. with yeah. this. So, so, yeah. Wow. So how, how bad was the injury, uh, Mark? What's that? How bad was the injury? It was a, fra- a bad fracture. It wasn't <sighs> broken. Of the ankle. That's painful. Yeah. That is very painful, especially at that angle when you're trying to dodge the, dodge the fire hose. Yeah, you're all smoking yeah. wet. And- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the next morning. I just took and- the uh, ice bucket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I woke up and got out of bed and fell on the floor. I'm like, what happened? What is wrong? Oh, you didn't know. realize it till the next day that you were in that bad of pain. But Mark. that's a good point, Mark. Thanks, Mark. So many of these occur, and you do not realize it until the morning after. After you've, <laughs> right? Like rug burns and... Uh, be, you know, when we go to work every day, you, you never know what kind of stories you're going to get you or what comedy know. you're going to get out of Steve. And, wow. and then you get stories like that. Like that. Uh, that reaffirms your faith. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish that there was just, you know, how do I put this delicately? Yeah. She's uh, yeah. a female. I can't, you can't say yeah. 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 All right. Anyhow, let's, let's go to a couple other calls here. Uh, oh, wow. All right. Yeah, let me go that. to Adam. Hi, uh, Adam. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thank Woo! you, Adam. What's up, buddy? I am so glad that this is a live show and not, you know, recorded because you're traveling. <laughs> I have the funniest story that anybody's ever heard. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine from college, um, he moved. Uh, I live in Delaware. He had come to the University of Delaware from New York. He moved down here, went to college, and then he moved back after college. We kept in contact, and uh, I talked to him this one time. I was like, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm on my way home from the hospital. I was like, what happened? He's like, well, we went out to dinner last night, my my girlfriend and I, and I proposed. She accepted. We uh, go home, you know, back to the apartment. We start celebrating. And, um, you know, we're making out on the couch, and we start going at it. And, you know, we're really into it because we're celebrating. Yeah. And I'd forgotten that Very I bought some furniture. Okay. He bought, he bought some furniture. He forgot about it. Okay. So he picks her up off the couch and throws her down on the coffee table. Oh my God. But the coffee table is now a glass top coffee oh, table. No. 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 <laughs> so let me ask you quickly what 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 existed before the glass top coffee table? Just a regular wooden coffee table? Just a wooden, yeah. Okay. So he throws her through the glass. Oh. She happened to be fine because of the way that she landed. Right. Lucky. He was coming down and hit his head on the edge of the wooden frame that held the glass and gashed his forehead. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, that sucks. 
you know, it totally ruined your evening. He's like, are you kidding me? She held my shirt on there so we could finish. <laughs> she held the shirt on his head wound so they could finish. What a woman. Right. So once you, you done, cho- he chose wisely. Yeah, 15 stitches across his forehead. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? So, all right, you raise a whole bunch of different stories concerning non-traditional locations in the house and injuries that are well, in- uh, incurred and and kudos to your friend Adam for being able to uh, uh, to finish things off with a fifteen stitch gash in his head before he even went to the doctor. <laughs> I get thrown off if the cat comes in the room. There, right? <laughs> You're right. All right, thanks, man. Oh, I appreciate it. Wow. Could you imagine that you throw your you throw your partner through a glass coffee table <laughs> and you still manage to complete? Wow. That's long. No. He's a hero. How come you never hear about that in, in, uh, in love songs? Uh, let's see. Wow, we got a bunch. I didn't even know we were going to get all this. No. Phone calls go this morning. I, I, right, let, me, let me go to Dave because he called like 15 minutes ago and okay. worked uh, with an ambulance company. Hi. Dave! Dave, you're hey, on the air. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? There's only 13 minutes ago I called, but we're good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been, in, I've been working in EMS for 25 years and... You know, they always say once you think you've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah. So years ago, I go out to this ambulance call. My partner and I go out, and they just send us out because they say it's an emergency transportation. They're like, okay, there's no information in this. We get into the house. We knock on the door. We wait for the cops to get there. Nobody's answering the door. We finally get into the house, and we go up to the bedroom, and we see this guy on top of this woman. And they're just there. We're like, what the hell are we walking into? Huh. And we come to find out that they were sitting there, they're having sex. And we find out that the condom they were using, she had a reaction to, and she swelled. Oh, my God. My oh, and they got goodness. stuck? They were stuck. Like cats. Well, yes. So I've actually had. And they were like, how the hell are we supposed to do this? We try getting them off each other. She was swelled up so tight around him, he thought he was going to lose it. Whoa. I have never, I have never heard about this. Now, now, to point to that point, animals sometimes, in fact, my own dog, Chelsea, uh, got it on, well, got it on sort of with the neighborhood dog. And at a certain point, nature dictates that they lock mm-hmm. to complete. But I've never heard about this. Yeah, so so was, it, was it a late was it a latex um, reaction? Yes, yeah, she, she had the latex allergy. She swelled up around me, lost all circulation. Oh, my God. Both on a stretcher and get him to the hospital. And the coup de gras for it, the hospital had to call their spouses. Oh, no. Fair. That's, is this, that's a legit story, That's Dave. legit. Are you sure? It's legit. This is no BS. I can't make this crap up. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, uh... That is the worst thing I've ever seen. We stayed at the hospital until they were actually able to get them off of him. He, he didn't lose anything, but, uh, well, other than his marriage, probably, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Dave, let me, let me ask you this. Was, so, so the... the, the I don't the, even want to imagine it. Dave, the technicality of getting two people onto one gurney, how did you do that? Uh, we had to call the fire department out. We had to get a bunch of people out there to to get them up. They weren't they weren't that tiny. You guys don't carry love gurneys, <laughs> like love no, seats. We love yeah. gurneys. Okay. Right. We wanted a heart shaped stretcher for them. We couldn't find one. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Just for those very intimate moments. That's... I think the spouses came and said, "You know what, guys? I think you have learned your lesson. And yeah, you're already." You're in trouble enough. Oh, right? really? Yeah. You think yeah. so? Yeah. Well, everybody yeah. was understanding. Maybe they, yeah. they didn't yeah. have it's, supper that night. It's, they got sent to their rooms, <laughs> yeah. but. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that, I, I had no idea that that could happen to that level. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost, I, I, I believe him. He says he, 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 mm-hmm. he says it's true. Yeah. 
but it, it's it's right at the line. Did it happen? Wait, I can't remember the beginning of the story. Did this? Did he witness this, or did no. he hear about he it? No, he said he. No, he, he said there. he went to it. He he went, went, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he was right. he was there. Because right. you're always suspect when you go. Oh, my yeah. friend told me. He said yeah. 25 years in the business, and he's Sasquatch he's told me. Yeah. I'm gonna go to uh, Dave. Hi, Dave. Good morning. You don't have to hit the sound effect. Gad Zooks, buddy. What's up? Hey, I got a uh, neck injury I incurred one time giving a lady oral pleasure. Uh, well, uh, well. And she decided that I hit a good spot and shifted left, and I heard a pop and spent six weeks in a neck brace. Six oh weeks Yikes. in a neck brace. Uh, and so. Yeah, two weeks of work. So did, did, uh, did, you, did you ever have to fully, or did you offer a clarification as to how you injured your neck? At work. Not at work, but I did have to tell the female ER doctor what happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, not, I, I, I believe your story, but that... There wasn't an expl- explanation for her. That's a uh, that's a whole uh, plot line in uh, Chasing Amy. They they talk about injuries that happen while going down on on partners and whatever. And so like uh, Jason Lee and uh, the other lady go back and forth talking about those types of stories. And it's a it's a funny plot part in uh, Chasing Amy. Interesting. Hmm. Dave. Uh, how is your neck now? Well, this was about 20 years ago, so uh, I'm, I'm back in the game. And better <laughs> back in right. better than All right. right. Thanks, Dave, the overachiever. <laughs> uh, let's go to, yeah, okay, we'll go to uh, Dana. Hi, Dana, good morning. <laughs> hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, Dana? Um, okay, so my husband is Pip Freak. Oh, oh yes, yeah. we know Pip Freak. Oh, hi, Dana. <laughs> Pip Freak is, uh, he, he came in and tried to break the world record for body piercings. It was insane. Like yeah, 1,600 or something. It was crazy. Yeah, and today's his 40th birthday. Ah, so, happy if you're birthday. Listening, baby, I'm going to air our dirty laundry. All right, go ahead. Let's hear it. What happened? Um, okay, so the other night, like about a week ago, we were in the hot tub. And, you know, it's now that we have a baby, it's a little difficult, you know, to get some privacy. So yeah. that's kind of where we uh you know, have some fun. And he got a little carried away. And I ended up with like internal injuries, like on my right side, like up by my heart and my shoulder, um, because he got a little carried away. And I was bent over the edge of the hot tub. Uh-huh. And I'm- there goes that position again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. I'm yeah. Still, like, and it still hurts. And um, like, I couldn't sneeze. I could barely breathe. Like, did you, did you, did you fracture ribs? I don't know. Um, I pro- it's, it's a good possibility. He was like, well, why don't you go to the doctor? And I'm like, I'm not going to the doctor. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. And, you know, so, but yeah, it, he was like, he felt so bad. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's not your fault. We still have fun. And so you had bruising and so forth? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was it was wild. And like I said, like, I'm still kind of recovering. Did and you, I'm like, oh, geez. Did, did you know it at the time or did you feel it the day yeah. after? No, two days later. Okay. Oh, See, there you go. They okay. sneak up on you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Dana. Give uh, Pip Freak our best. We'll see you later. All right. Yeah. Well, apparently it's it's very, very common uh, to hurt yourself in the middle of the act. And, uh, and I suspected some certain, I think you and I were, were thinking, okay, common injuries that you would expect. Yeah. Nothing like what we've been hearing. Oh, no. uh, I mean, this we're talking about uh, the most common are, are small tears. Yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, carpet burns. Right. As well. Not getting stuck. Not being thrown through a glass window. By a jet spray. Or something. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That was yeah. 
Let me see if I can frame this delicately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So the um, the uh, wallpaper came off. <laughs> the uh, the moral is just uh, be careful, be aware of your surroundings, abstinence, and think, or just yeah, complete one hundred percent abstinence yeah. from sex for the rest of your life. There you go, and you'll be okay. What's new? Glad you asked. News. The record company. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. A gas station owner has placed a sign in his store asking customers not to warm urine in the microwave. Oh. Well, how are you going to warm it? I know. How, what do they expect of you? Stovetop, like they used to do in the olden days. In a big pot? Yeah, in yeah. a big pot, but not, it's, that's still a lot of work. Perel Patel says that he's become sick and tired of people walking into his BP gas station and on-the-fly convenience store in Jacksonville to warm their containers of piss. <laughs> wait wait a second. Is he putting up a fuss over the turd geladas? There's no word on that. <laughs> uh, the store is within walking distance of two labs... Though one says that it doesn't collect samples for drug tests. Uh-huh. Uh, Patel says that the people walk in off the street, they microwave the urine containers, and then they leave. Warming urine from uh, someone who hasn't taken drugs is seen by some as a way to help pass a drug test. Uh, Patel says that a woman became aggressive a few months ago when he asked her not to warm her urine, and she asked to see a sign that says it's not for that purpose. Uh, this is still America, isn't it? Uh, so he made one right then and there. I, I'm sorry. Me as the consumer would never use a microwave that had a don't heat up your piss sign on it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So anyhow, he's had to do it because people were doing it. Yeah. Um, right. I think just get rid of the microwave at this point. <laughs> Some cyclists in North Carolina were nearly hit by a flying deer after the animal was struck by a car, and it was all captured on video. The collision occurred as Peter Fleur and four friends were finishing a 45-mile bike ride. Uh, mounted cameras on the front and rear of Fleur's bicycle captured the incident. As the group approached an intersection, a large deer sprinted across the road in front of lead cyclist Missy Mansfield and was struck a split second later by a dark-colored Audi traveling in the opposite direction. The car sent the deer hurtling through the air and back across the double yellow line. Cyclist Melanie Norris can be seen ducking while trying to keep her bike steady. She said, I look up and I saw this thing flying at us. Uh, Fleur said afterward, for a few seconds, I didn't even know what it was. It just happened so fast at that very instant. We just didn't know. Uh, Fleur said he believes the deer did not survive, but can't be sure. The driver of the Audi uh, continued on without stopping. You feel so bad when you see it. You know, we used to see it all the time when we were out in media. Preston. Yeah. And uh, there was a stretch of road where you'd see him get clocks. It's just just horrible. But I don't this, think there's any way that this deer survived. Yeah, I no. think you're right, Nick, and that's the one thing that's making me okay with this. But this deer almost uh, killed her. Almost killed yeah. one of the bikers. And man. it has happened where a deer that has that hit a vehicle has <laughs> yep. gone through the windshield and killed the driver. Most definitely. Uh, I printed a picture of this so you guys can see it here in the studio. Yay. You may have to do a little research and check on it for yourself at home. But America's reigning hickey king was sentenced this week to his latest run-in with the law. This is his mugshot. Right. You guys would Stop like to it. see that. It's a lot oh of hickeys. God. Oh, my God. Someone's very romantic. 
so uh, Kentuckian Micah Musser was placed into a five-year diversion program in order to enter a rehab treatment facility once a bed becomes available. Uh, Musser pleaded guilty last month to burglary and criminal mischief charges filed after his recent arrest or his arrest in late March. Uh, He's been locked up in the county jail since his collar. Now, he first appeared last year when he was arrested by Louisville cops who discovered him and several teenage runaways inside an abandoned building. Police reported that the floor of the boarded-up property was strewn with empty alcoholic beverage containers. When booked into the county jail last June, Musser's neck was adorned with an array of fresh hickeys. I'm popular with the lady. When busted in his most recent criminal case, his neck had returned to a pristine state. But he looks... He looks like a leopard around his neck. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you report that um, it, can kill you. it can kill you? Yeah, if if somebody is giving you a hickey and they do it on your, uh, you know, Arteries, artery yeah. or something like yeah. that, it can it can be bad. It can be very very bad. Uh, a newcomer to San Francisco has created a free app to make it easier for people to report poop <laughs> and use needles on the city's famous... It's a beautiful city, that's San Francisco. Dirty streets. Hey, everybody. Absolutely. Hey, it's, it's Tony to Bennett. Be back. Absolutely. Tony Bennett. Poop and hypodermic needles. God, I miss that city. Uh, sh- Sean Big Miller. piles of poop, and then you can adorn them with the used hypodermics and build little forts. It's wonderful around the holidays. Sean Miller. Just get close to Christmas and hang tinsel around the hypodermics that are sticking out of the huge poop piles. <laughs> Christmas in San Francisco. You could fashion a tree out Absolutely. of poop and then have the, the hypodermics. Hey, watch this, Rockefeller Center. We got you beat. Uh, 50 feet high pile of poop with hypodermics and glittering balls. It's magical. <laughs> Sean Miller moved to San Francisco. Um, from Vermont. After Don't com- worry if you run out of hypodermics. There's probably a dead bum next to you with one <laughs> in his arm. Just pull it on out and add it to the decorations. Magical, that city. <laughs> Sean Miller moved to San Francisco from Vermont after college last year and says that he was astonished by the amount of public grime. Streets are paved with poop and hypodermics. <laughs> As promised. His his Snapcrap app yeah. uh, was released over the weekend for iOS users and declares itself the fastest way to request cleaning in San Francisco. He said, basically, the app's description said, see something gross? Just snap a photo and press submit. Uh, the photos are passed to the city. That's what I usually tell my dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> the photos are passed to the city's public works department and Tony Bennett. Absolutely. as uh, Which has its own 311 app and reports uh, feces and trash as well as potholes and graffiti. What about vomit? I don't know about vomit. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, the last time I was in San Fran, I, uh, I was in a restaurant. is better than that. <laughs> I was grabbing breakfast. And in the stall next to me, a homeless gentleman walked in, yeah. got sick all over the stall, and right. then went in and took a bath in the sink. Mm. Uh, was Call cool. me when you have something about poop. Yeah. <laughs> Miller, who lives and works downtown, says uh, that uh, downloads have been in the few hundreds as of now. Hey, uh, it's fall. It's time for the annual poop walk. A San Francisco leader. Turns as far as you can see, adorned in the colors of the season. <laughs> San Francisco leaders have been grappling with the uh, state of the city's dirty streets. You know what's great, Preston? As the blood dries on the hypodermics, it gets that auburn color we associate with the changing of the leaves. <laughs> then as the turds get bleached in the San Francisco sun, oh, it's glorious. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I left 
My uh, San Francisco leaders have been uh, grappling. I got to get back there and take a poop. With the state <laughs> of the city's dirty streets. And there were more than 24,300 requests last year for human waste cleanup. Wow. I got to say. Um, How many? 24,300. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot. Nick, I, I know that people who have been there recently who say, now mind you. It depends where you are. In the where city, you are. In, in, in the, in the yeah. very, in the areas that rely on tourism. It's a, it was, it's has been one of the most beautiful cities to yes, walk around. I love it. But it's, dear God, yeah. I, I saw some shots of the press and you would have thought you were in a third world country. It's yeah. horrible. I believe it. I mean, listen, the, well, I mean, it does get kind of cold, but in, in some spots in California, it's outdoor all yeah. the time and, you know. Almost as poop a solution. Away. Poop away. Yeah. Poop away. Ricerone. Really makes you regular, you know. Pooparoni. Pooparoni. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco treat. <laughs> Cable cars, Golden Gate Bridge, and poop as far as you can see. Miller says he's adding features to the app and hopes to work with the city to improve a very San Francisco problem. So, all right. Uh, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the bizarre file. Thank you. I was hoping that Tony. <laughs> oh, Tony would have to come back. I included that story hoping that Tony would make an appearance this morning. President and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. New handcrafted espresso drinks from Dunkin' are amazing. Sipping is believing. Get any medium latte or cappuccino for $2 from 2 to 6 p.m. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, MTV reality star turned porn actress Farrah Abraham seen out on a romantic date with Rebel Wilson's former boyfriend, stuntman at a Stay. Stay says Abraham is a perfect match for him because he's always wanted a woman with a walk-in rectum. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mystery swirling around 76-year-old New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft and his 36-year-old girlfriend, Ricky Noel, who just gave birth to a baby that's not his, even though they've been dating for five years. Kraft attempted to explain the weird situation to a group of paparazzi saying, quote, Ricky's legs open faster than a new Starbucks. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally... Fox is belatedly airing an O.J. Simpson interview he did years ago for that bizarre book he did called If I Did It, Confessions of a Killer, in which he says he, quote, hypothetically had an accomplice in the murders of Nicole Brown and Ronald Goldman. Said Simpson, quote, if I did it, which I didn't, but I know how I would have done it, but I didn't do it because I did, didn't do it. <laughs> what? And that's your holiday <laughs> I have been told by our executive producer to say the following phrase and to play the following music. Okay. So just bear with me on this. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Let's get the show on the road. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, we have Scott Rogowski. Yeah. yeah. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Scott, why did Casey tell me to say those words and to play this music? Because, well, that that is the phrase that pays on HQ. Yeah, that is my. You are a fish fanatic, by the that way. That is that is that is a lyric I've took from fish and turned into a national catchphrase <laughs> that has taken America by storm. It is, yes. And by the way, I recognize the bed music on the traffic report earlier, first tube. Yeah, I'll fix yeah. out the music here. Well, a lot, all that. the fishes, K- Casey lives, breathes, town? and eats fish. And we actually had, I know yeah. you're, you're yeah. a big fan of Trey. Yeah. Uh, we had, it was Casey's 
dream. We had Trey Anastasio in for a long form interview wow. a couple years ago. Like two songs acoustic on no there. Way. Yeah. And Casey was, really was cool. dressed as a bride. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually didn't end up putting the, the dress. dress on. We just did your makeup. We did my makeup. Hair. He I is so enamored of Trey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have confirmation that, and this is one of the, the greatest days of my life when I got this text that, that Trey plays HQ. No. Okay. With his daughter, With his right? daughters, yes. Wow. I was, the story was I was supposed to go to Curveball, which was our big festival that got canceled yeah. because of the flooding upstate in New York. Which was a disaster. Disaster. I mean, I was all set to go. And it was, so when, <laughs> when, when, I, when that all fell apart, I think I was bummed out. And I was in touch with their management a little bit. And then I invited Trey on to HQ. We had a little music edition. I said, well, you know, you know maybe you can kind of since he's not going upstate, you can kind of right. maybe apologize or, or say something to the fans. It'd just be a nice thing to come on the show. And he couldn't do it, but his manager forwarded me a text that Trey said, hey, personalized, hey, Scott, you know, sorry I can't do it. But, man, I got to say, when I first heard you dropping fish lyrics, I blew my mind on HQ. You know, my daughters love you. And wow. Can't wait. You know, P.S., the game's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, to get a text, I framed that text. Now. That right, is so, so cool. So, Scott, for those who may not be familiar with HQ who are listening to this interview right now, yes. uh, I, I don't play it. I've heard about it from these guys. I've never been on board. Explain it to people who sure, don't know what yeah, it is. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well. It's, it's a live trivia game that you play on your phone. We go live uh, 9 o'clock Eastern time, and... And sometimes 3 p.m. Eastern time during the week. And uh, what happens is you download the app in the App Store or Google Play Store free to download. And you get a push notification. When we go live with the games, like, I pop up on your phone and I'm asking 12 trivia questions. And you can win $5,000 if you answer them all correctly. You win, win a share of that. This Monday night, we're doing a $100,000 oh. game for Emmy night. Okay. And we're, that's going to a single person. Usually, you know. A single person. A single, single you split one winner takes with the, all. With, with right. the winners. Usually it's a, it's, it's a pot that gets split. But right. Monday night is a one winner takes all $100,000. Where, where does the money come from? I'm, you know, I, I work Offshore. a, 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 yeah, <laughs> I work a, a, a day shift at Denny's to pay for, oh, for yeah. this. But, a lot uh, of moons over my head. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of moons. Yeah. But yeah. no, it's venture, you know, venture capital. We have, you know, at you know, Target sponsoring that game on Monday. So Kathy. There's, there's, it's, it's a traditional, uh, oh, we got a <laughs> Target fan. Huge Target fan, yeah. Well, how do you end up with one winner? So I assume it yeah. doesn't I don't stop asking okay. questions until we have one person. That's right. Wow. That's going to be, it's going to be a lot of work for me. We, we've done it a few times before, gotten to like 27 questions. Yeah. So I've I've, I've, I've heard that the and and this has been um i vetted this that a few people who have won have sort of said the same thing you you you, you benefit by playing with the collective where of, That's right. of, of, of varying different specific multi-generational levels. multi-generational will help you in fact i think that dan rather himself said that's right dan that, rather's one of our fa- our famous hqds who won <laughs> on christmas i think he was playing and he, he won played, he won with with the help of his daughter and his grandson wow and it was the three of them because you know the first question was about Kendrick Lamar. Yes. And Dan, Dan answered that. that one. No, no. I mean, I was, uh, I'm the, a huge fan yeah. of Kendrick. Yes. Uh, damn. Um, uh, yeah, he was, uh, d- 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 yeah, his grandson answered that one. But yeah. then there's a question about Watergate. Well, how soon did you know that it was Dan Rather that won? Like immediately? No, or? no. Well, that was a, fa- he, he blogged about it on Facebook. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he wrote this whole long thing about it. And, and you know, I mean, we have, I, I, it's amazing how this is proliferated and, you know, clearly hasn't gotten to you, but yeah. <laughs> Lance Armstrong is playing HQ. Norm McDonald plays Norm HQ, McDonald, who I saw last night about four hours ago. We, we, were, we were talking <laughs> Listen, about it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you why I don't, because I'll never win. I, I never will. And and I just, I don't know that. And I'll sit there and I'll be pissed off that I didn't win and That's I don't fair. do it. So, you know. That's fair. Yeah. Stephen Colbert well, said the same thing. Wait a second, though. To, listen, it is, it is very, um, let's say... 
Tournament of Champions, Jeopardy, and mm-hmm. then some. But if you can still derive pleasure from watching that, and even if you know that it's still a, perhaps a little bit out of your wheelhouse, you play Jeopardy all the time, yeah. you still derive pleasure from it, you can still derive pleasure from this even if you are being You can. Crushed. I'll tell you what, yeah. I, I've never won, and I love playing. And I play it as much as I can. I, I often play with my girlfriend, and it's something that, you know, if we're playing at 9 o'clock on, on a Tuesday night, it's just something to help pass the time. And I do think that you would like it because you are good at trivia, even if you end up not winning. Um, but it's it's something where you don't have to play every night. Uh, and I look forward to the time where I win a dollar seventy eight right. that I share with everybody. But like, I don't care whether or not I win or lose. Yeah, that's you, you mentioned Jeopardy. Yeah, people watch Jeopardy for thirty years. They've watched Jeopardy. Right, and they're not. They don't have any skin in the game. Mm-hmm. This actually lets you be a contestant yeah. on your phone. Yeah, from wherever you are, you don't have to be sitting on your couch. You could be. People have played from. Sporting events, or, uh, weddings. The people yeah. send me pictures. You know, everywhere. Hiking mountains are playing on top it's of. Not a big time suck. N- no, yeah. it's twelve, fifteen minutes yeah. in, in and out, and maybe you win some. Money. And you, and have to, you have to type in the answer, or it, is it's it multiple, multiple choice? choice. Okay. Yeah, three answers pop up, and you have ten seconds to tap it. There are extra lives. You know, maybe Steve can give me an extra life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it, there's broker those. This yeah. is a big word of mouth thing, right? Yeah, so I had heard about it from my brother, and Nick had heard about it separately from I don't know where he heard about it, and then yeah. you know we were talking about it. Nick, how far? What's the farthest you've ever gotten? Nine, I think. Wow. Uh, and twelve is the usual. Twelve is the usual. And uh, I've played the games where it goes until the, I think there was a twenty-five thousand yeah, dollars winner, yeah. and, and you just some, keep going. Some guy won twenty-five grand sitting on the toilet. Okay, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the way to but, do yeah, it. That's the way to do yeah. it. I, Scott, you're you're a really good host, and and you are a big part of the game, and part of the appeal of the game is your humor and your ability to interact with fans. And so I'm curious as to um, how much prep goes into every night. Uh, how much writing is done ahead of time, and then how much of it is on the fly? Yeah, it's you know, it's uh, I, I could be better and prepare it days, <laughs> weeks in advance. <laughs> it's out there, you know. The questions are kind of locked in, but I pretty much look at it about an hour or two before That's the game. It. And uh, but you know, you know that you, makes sense because it, like like at a certain point I don't want to have it so rehearsed. You no, know, I you, want you've got to be, be on, on the and that's the charm of it. It yeah. has an org. It, it, it's a very organic Jeopardy feel. Where right. you know you know the the rigidity of that game. It's similar, but it's it's a lot more free flowing. Look, can we be honest? And can I fire some shots here? I mean. Yeah. Alex Trebek, look, we all love him, but why? <laughs> why do we love him? What does he do exactly? He hosts Jeopardy. Yeah, he just yeah. read, but he's is he funny? No, no, but he does <laughs> he great French accent. You know, I so. mean, what does he bring to the table? Let's Cond- be honest. He brings some condescension to the table. Yeah, exactly. but I think yeah. he's a little rude to he's his guests. A little guests. snarky. <laughs> he does bring awfully wonderful pronunciations with the proper yeah. uh, dialects, though. Uh huh. He well, does well, the, do that. The well, best. I mean, that's a riot. That's a laugh riot. Yeah. <laughs> and and he, he, it, there was, a, I saw a, a special with him. He was the guest for an hour and they were kind of going over his life. And he apparently uh, was a ladies' man and so on and so forth. But, but the thing, and then Preston knows this, I talk about it all the time. I love the show, but the, the interview with the contestants is excruciating <laughs> because he'll go over and he goes, I understand <laughs> you've purchased ribbon. <laughs> and, and, and it's just horrible. It comes to a screeching halt. Oh, what, but what I like is, oh, so he'll go to one guest who's climbed Mount Everest, yeah. and then the next person's like, oh, yeah, I, uh... I collect glass I collect eyes. glass <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't yeah. climb out. I got Stuart Scott. Yeah, you fought off a great white shark with a melon bowler. Yeah. Interesting. Now, you... <laughs> Yeah, it's like he, he, he doesn't know where to prioritize the... You like uh, Lucky Charms. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is why I should be the next host of Jeopardy. Let's let's make it happen right well, here. Yeah. He has no, he no, has he's, floated out. He's retiring. He soon. has floated out now. Ha, I assume has anyone back channel wise mm-hmm. come to you and said, uh, "Listen, is this something that it, that we should consider you for as we start to consider?" There might have been some you know some deep throat you know <laughs> in a, in a, a parking, parking garage, garage <laughs> scenario. Uh, a lot of trench coats involved. No, I you know. I mean, well, you already have. You already have. A, you I know. have my gig. You yeah. know, he still has his gig. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it's. I'm gonna let destiny play out. Destiny right. unbound. You might, you might have to actually deep throat someone. You never know. Pat Sajak. Uh, so Scott, you, you've co-hosted with uh, with Mark Summers, who's a yeah, friend of the Mark. show, and Mark is a, a, a fan of yours as oh, well. Yeah. And I knew you grew up being a big Double uh, Dare fan. Yeah. Um, besides Mark, what other celebrity co-hosts have you had? Wow. We had the first. The first ever was Christy Yamaguchi. There's so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for our Winter Olympics uh, show. And then we had um, Robert De Niro stop by for wow. a Tribeca Film Fest Amazing. promotion. John Mayer was... He's know, a big fan. He's a massive he's, fan. He's, he's a massive... Yeah, he's also... He was you know playing with the Grateful Dead right now, another uh, favorite band of mine. So that was, for me, a personal favorite because I got I wrote these, these little Grateful Dead lyrical hints between... Segways between each question, you know... Uh, Uncle John's band, and now we're going to questions. So, I mean, I forgot what they were, but right. they were they were whimsical, they were the and they were right. Well, yeah, he was John, it. John was loving it, and we sang some Neil Young. We sang uh, "Old Man." It was Father's Day. I had my dad show up that that day, and we had me and John Mayer singing. Old, I was playing guitar. John wouldn't play guitar, so and I you're had to pretty play good. Guitar. I was decent. So, so let me ask you: uh, you are a jam band fan, I am, and I you are obviously a fish fan. Shameful. Well, what's the what's the lo- what's the largest loss of memory you ever encountered at a fish concert? <laughs> you know, I will be honest with you guys. Uh, I until very recently, I was always going to concerts sober. I just really? never. I was never. Um, what changed? <laughs> what changed was. Uh, a little thing called uh, acid that I was introduced to. Yeah, no idea. And then I went, and then it took, oh, it took me 32 years, but I realized, oh, this is why people go to fish shows. <laughs> it, it actually makes it better. <laughs> because I was enjoying the music as is, and, and no one could understand why. Yeah, right. Well, you're yeah. already in a good place. I was in a great place, because I like the rock. You know, when they get real spacey and jamming, it's not my favorite. I just like the straight-ahead rock and roll stuff. You guys are a rock station. I mean, yeah. they got some songs that rock. Sure. And those are the ones. Like, the, I Listen to Studio Fish. I like the studio albums. So do I. Some actually. people like the you know forty minute jam. You know it's not really my. But when you're on acid, that that, that <laughs> starts to awesome. click for you. Yeah, we, 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 we got, got in actually... a car years ago. I'm not going to tell everything about it, but but we got in. It, it, Casey used to have a thing. It was the Fishmobile, right? It was, it was, no, it was you, my you, little brother's yeah. car. Mm-hmm. It was a little 1984 Honda Fish Accord hatchback. A, I mean, that we drove all the way up to Limestone, Maine. By the <laughs> hey, way, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Oh so t- you're 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 in a, in, a, in a welcoming place here. Uh, so how much could you see yourself at some point? <laughs> you know, so you're going to the concerts, but you know, do you have to keep it in check? Could you see yourself at some point in a van? You know, going uh, being one of these guys yeah. who like just drops out and, right. and tours. No, because yeah. I keep things in perspective, <laughs> and I realize that you know, even with the acid, even yeah, I mean, it's 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 you can't overdo that, right? Uh, <laughs> no, you'll lose your mind. You, you lose your mind, yeah. sure. But, but yeah. it's, it's um, 
you know, it's a for me at this point, honestly, because I'm listening to them for 15, 16 years. It's almost like a nostalgic thing. Like, I, you know, I don't particularly care for the new albums. Right, right. I kind of want to hear the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm now the old fan, I'm realizing, at these shows. Oh, dude. You know, which so, is so depressing. They played they played a concert <laughs> over at the Man a couple of summers yeah, ago. Yeah. And I'm walking in the lot, right? And some dude comes pulling in in his minivan and his, and his window's down, right? So, but that's me, right? Yeah. So I'm walking past this guy and his window's down. I go, yo, nice minivan dork right and he just started laughing so hard because i mean it's so true because when we started going to concerts i was going in my brother's 84 uh, court hatchback and you know and now i'm in a you honda odyssey <laughs> yeah. i'm in a honda odyssey and you know it's just kind of the oh, way it is da- i mean they're, they're like grandpas now who are fish fans yeah. i mean you can think about it you could if you were like yeah. you know 30 and 85 yeah, yeah you're right <laughs> Do you ever have, the, it's like that epiphany, I was talking, I forgot what we were talking about, but when you go to a concert and you look around and look at the crowd and like, Jesus Christ, is this me? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I no, can I understand mean, that, that it's, fear. It's a scary. I saw, uh, there was an open letter to young fish fans from like somebody, an old head like me or you, that says, hey, I'm not a cop, right? <laughs> so you can pass me the joint and uh, you, know, you don't have to worry about it. Oh uh, man, it's um, a little trippy though. I mean, like the intro was—I uh, wouldn't say it's exactly an acid trip, but there's, yeah. there's a little bit of trippiness to the HQ. I'm wondering who plays HQ, you know, on altering substances. Um, a lot, no, probably yeah, a lot. sure. Yeah, 15 minutes though. It should be something that we, that has a, quick. a quick strike and a then nitrous dissipates. Hit. A nitrous, yeah, yeah, yeah. nitrous. Yeah. That should be your sponsor. Oh, that's it. Some people do Vistaprint. You could do nitrous. Yeah, Ready Whip. Uh, so what's funny is—is is I was turned on to HQ through my brother, and it was because. Of the fish references. Oh, yeah. You, you know, so... so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a major fish celebrity now. You, I mean, yeah, I go really to these are. shows. I'm, I mean, this is... There's so many surreal things that have happened over the past year. But just <laughs> going going to shows and meeting you know, Tom Marshall, who's oh. so, the co-writer with, with Trey for a lot of the songs. So I meet Tom at a Trey show in Central Park. Like, I'm in the... V. I get invited to be the V. Holy, yes. holy crud. Holy, holy crud. Holy, <laughs> and, like Norm for and, a second there. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, dirty dog, <laughs> you done me wrong. I mean, it turns out they like LSD. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hanging with Tom Marshall now yeah. at the visual, and I'm, I just. He's he's like yeah we all love you and Trey loves you. I'm like, oh this is too much this yeah, is too much. I got to talk to Tom Marshall at that same concert where I called the guy a dork in his minivan, <laughs> and it was I'm like dude this is the guy who's written all these lyrics. Yeah. Everybody thinks Fish's lyrics are just nonsense and right. stuff, and they are and yeah, they, they are <laughs> not all of them yeah. though not all of them though. So I'm talking to him and then the conversation ends. He starts walking away. I'm like oh wait a second. I go did you write the lyric? Um, Each betrayal begins with trust. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. I got a clinger. <laughs> he, it's my favorite lyric of all time. And he turns around. He stopped in his tracks. He goes, yes, I did. And then he walked back to me. He goes, but I stole that lyric. He goes, he was, he was, he, uh, it's actually Nathaniel uh, Hawthorne. Uh, line from some poem that he had written years and years and you know obviously everything stole everything yes. stole nitty gritty Shakespeare line from something he wrote years ago yeah. <laughs> right, right. hey by the way who is the there's a reporter or an anchor for is it CNN who drops fish lyrics Katie Turr yeah, yeah on MSNBC <laughs> really? yeah. okay so yes. Katie She's Turr oh that's funny Katie Turr is Adorable. I mean, incredible. I got. I met her this past year. In in the in a, she's super smart and she's girl next door attractive. Yes, the former Mrs. Olbermann. I mean, they were never (laughs) married, but they Keith Olbermann and her. Are you kidding? Jesus, together. I've got 
vomit in the back of my bed. Should not <laughs> have happened. She's happily married now, and I think with kids. All so right, someone else. Uh, so uh, besides that, who else has blown your mind as far as a, as an HQ uh, fan? I mean, it, it's the first one. I'm a huge I mean, baseball fan. Yeah, and um, uh, you guys have a wonderful Jewish baseball player who's now managing your team, Kate yes. Kapler. Yeah, Cap, but. I mean, second to Gabe Kapler and the greatest Jewish baseball players of my generation, Sean Green. And Sean Green was an early HQ adapter. He was, you know, Dodgers, Blue Jays, Mets. You're a big Mets fan. Big have, Mets have, fan. Have you gotten, have you got, I assume you've gotten some massive access, right? Uh, I started hosting this thing called Mets Live with the Mets and, and like doing a, th- a Facebook show with them and talking to Conforto and Nemo and, and, and. Do you know yeah, Jim Brewer? Jim Brewer, I, I know of him. Yeah. Him you should yet. get, you t- we should, you yeah, should uh, he's a pair up because fan. he does his, his live. I threw uh, it the first pitch at City Field a couple weeks ago. Wow. And? And? And it was a high strike All right. on the corner. And I want And the story about that is, I, I, this, is great. this was about a week after the nun threw it the first pitch. Yes. Remember the yes. And, awesome. and killed it. Killed it. So I'm thinking, okay, it's been a week. It's just perfect timing. I'll dress like a nun. <laughs> I'll throw it the first pitch. A little parody. I'll do the little ball thing, yeah. you know. And uh, <laughs> went out and bought a nun's outfit at a Halloween store the night before. Bring it to the ballpark. <laughs> All ready to go. His first pitch is at 1.05. It's 12.35. I'm in the elevator to go. I'm like, hey, by the way, I brought this nun outfit. Can I wear that? And they're making calls. That's a hard no on the nun. So I put the kibosh on the nun. What, is this a rabbi better? Should I do that? A rabbi. So I had a backup, though. I had a backup. I figured the nun might be a problem. I also bought a, a jar of Vaseline, <laughs> nail file, cheese grater, stuff in my pants. <laughs> so I go out to the mound, <laughs> and they go, Here's your take your pitch. And before I did the pitch, I take out the nail file, start filing the ball. Yeah, all the cheats. Big thing of Vaseline, put it on there. And, and I was still with the Vaseline, which was a little slippery. Still threw a strike. Yeah. Very proud. Nice. Very proud of that. I was seeing a naked gun where he's got it under the hat. Yeah. And he, Leslie Nielsen just puts it back on top of his head. <laughs> Taps his hat down. <laughs> that is Classic. that is cool. So so from from here, obviously you know, and we've talked to you, the comedy videos and things that you've done as well. Is this is this parlaying into something else because it's big on its own? What do you have? Like a, what's it up to your your estimated audience? Yeah, I mean we've had, we've had as many as two point four million playing simultaneously with The Rock. I mean, I talk that's about wild. talk about the best co-host. I can't leave out The Rock. Yeah, who, man, that's uh, awesome. Fit, yeah. Were you a wrestling fan at all? Uh, not too much, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, the jabroni thing, I'm, I was on board with that. The jabroni, yeah. I smell what he was cooking. <laughs> uh, but he's just the most, just, just, you know, charismatic, magnetic personality. He looks everyone in the eye when he meets you. Yeah. He remembers your name. The guy, there's a reason why he's the highest paid actor and the most beloved person on earth right now. They, they can those, do no wrong. Those guys do, we're watching a little clip from it, but those guys, uh, all of those guys in the WWE, and we say it all the time, they are primed and trained to be yeah. super entertainers. Yeah. I mean, they, they know how to work with work live crowd. crowds. Yep. It's amazing. Um, Scott, I imagine that the number one complaint about HQ is the comments. Is that correct? The comments? I, the, the, the chat going there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I personally don't see a need for it. <laughs> I've been I, petitioning them to like at least make it default off. Right now, it's default on. Can you, you, you can swipe it away. You can you can swipe it right and it'll disappear. All right, but people don't know that. I have to tell them every time to swipe it away. Why not just have it off it's and annoying. swipe it yeah. in? It, yeah, no, it goes too fast. Too. I didn't know that, that I, I until agree. just now. Well, I'm telling you, if you're listening now, you don't know. You can swipe, swipe away. the chat away. Swipe it away. Okay, hey, real quick. How long has this been? Have you been live with this? We just celebrated our first birthday, August twenty sixth. Crazy. Wow. One year. year. Um, All right. So when the first day, how many users did you have? The first beta day, we had like 52. (laughs) We went beta. And then the first, when we got out of beta, it was like 300. 52, and now you've had 2 million at a time. Whose idea was this? 
the two guys who started Vine. Do you remember Vine? Yes. Yeah. Short little videos. Okay. Yeah. And how did they get in touch with you? Uh, I auditioned for it. No mm-hmm. kidding. So they had like an open call of sorts or? It was like a, yeah, I don't know how many, I guess they auditioned like 15, 20 people. And no kidding. There's a guy, this is a good lesson. People ask, you know, for advice and stuff because I've been doing this comedy crud for <laughs> Loving 12, me. 13 yeah. years and, you know, pretty unsuccessfully. I mean, <laughs> under, very under the radar. It's all in context. It's all in context. Um, I was about to leave New York and move to L.A. and just try, start over, frankly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but... I got a call from a guy that he worked with at The Onion 10 years prior. You used to write was, for The Onion. Yeah, yeah, I was an intern. I was a contributing writer. So, and you know, met the guy there. Nice guy. We stayed in touch over Facebook. And I'd seen him over the years. And he'd sort of look out for me. I'd look out for him and, and jobs. And he looked out for me here and said, hey, I'm doing this thing with these new guys. These guys. I think you'd be good for it. You want to come in an audition? So it's just it's just a lesson in networking, obviously, being nice to people, being a good dude, and, and working hard and staying with it. Because had I just given up, he wouldn't have called me. But I, he knows for the previous 10 years I've been trying this thing. Yeah. And when the opportunity came knocking, he 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 gave me a call. It's incredibly it. sage it's, advice. And yes, all those things. Do keep not doing burn it. bridges. Don't yeah. give up yeah. if you really believe in yourself. And, and don't burn bridges and, and make friends. Not mm-hmm. to be too uh, existentialist about it, but it is fairly remarkable that you can play a video game like this or, or, or a trivia game on your phone at home on the couch. I mean, it's like... The, the technology exists for that many people to be playing at the same amount of time, yeah. that it doesn't buffer in a way that makes it impossible to play, that we can hear your commentary, and that everybody's able to log on and be a part of this community, yeah. uh, is and, and a fun community at that, is fairly uh, impressive. Yeah, that's why I, I was saying, you know, I, I did uh, Colbert this past year, too, which is another thrill for me to be a guest on that show, and I was telling him, and he kind of gave me some crap for it. Because I was saying, like, this is science fiction it made is. reality. Yes. And I was comparing it to the Wright brothers. <laughs> and, you know, how, like, you know, they got, I mean, because we had some glitches and things, but to get that plane off the ground and yeah. keep it in the air, and now we have supersonic jets. But, like, it, it, it's the same kind of thing. We, we're the first ones doing this, and we're all sort of getting on this plane together. Sometimes it crashes, but 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 for the most part, to get two million people up in the air for that long... He was and, giving you crap? Yeah, because he's like, is it real, right, brothers, really? You're not overstating that a little bit. I'm like, well, I, I know. In this mobile streaming world, yes, we're it's the right still, brothers of mobile streaming. And he's, he's a Middle-earth nerd, so right. he can't yeah. give you right. crap about it. Right. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, no, it is something. It's an amazing thing, and also to have that... That vision, but it's it's all it's lightning in a bottle because you you know it's execution, it's everything. Uh, have you been approached by Netflix or a, a network for a network version or a you know a, a version of this that exists in uh, any of the streaming services? It seems like an obvious. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how much I can say, but there are conversations happening about. Yes, a, 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 a television collab, That's perhaps. There needs to be. Uh, yeah. You right now draw more part- – you are – with two million participants, yeah. you're in you're in the level of, of large cable um, oh, ratings sure. uh, in the evening. You're yeah. every bit that. They, they, yeah. Have you had a day off? In the past year, this is this is my day off. <laughs> Taking a five a.m. train to <laughs> Philadelphia, grab a tasty cake and head back. Well, listen, bacon products too. There Turkey you go. bacon. Yeah, Charles, you got to shout them out. Well, I'm also here to get, take the Rizzo statue back home. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking Rizzo with me. When would you think if you were to tell us? I don't know how much you can tell us. You if we were answers. to see an iteration of this show on, as I said, a streaming service or whatever, yeah. if you were a betting man, when would that happen? I, I don't know. I mean, these things do take time as okay. you know, to develop, but hopefully, you know, 2019 uh, is around the corner. Very Sadly. nice. This year's just flown, it's flown by, right? Yeah. I mean, what But you deserve, you, 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 you deserve it. You've been working hard at this stuff for a long time, and then to have this and to find 
It's a, it's as perfect a fit for your skill set as you could possibly. That's ask for. honestly, and that's what my parents tell me, and that's why I think it too. It's like you know, I have these weird. My my brain is kind of this weird sponge. I just take little <laughs> bits of things from everywhere. Everything yeah. I listen to, and watch, and now this is a, a repository. I can just spit it back out <laughs> in front of a million people, <laughs> and go. people sort of enjoy it. I mean, the fish stuff, the, the Big Lebowski quotes, like whatever it is. Yeah. 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 What about trivia in general? Have you become really, really sharp at that now? I, or were you I, always I, pretty I was good? Pretty good. I've always yeah. been a fan of miscellany, and yeah. now, like, I, again, I can, I, 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 you know, I've played HQ when I'm not hosting, and I have got. Gotten to eleven. Ah, you know, I uh, still haven't. I mean, it's hard. Did you ever, ad- really did you ever audition for any trivia television game show? No, when you, I in haven't. Your youth? Okay. I haven't. But uh, where in the world is, is Carmen San Diego? Would have been my favorite. <laughs> there you go. It's tough, man. One. Where is that bitch? I don't know. <laughs> she, where is she? <laughs> uh, Scott, as a little parting gift for coming by, we have some tasty. Oh, you got them for you right there, sir. Oh my uh, goodness! And peanut chews and uh, Frank soda. Frank, <laughs> you got it all. <laughs> we'll get it all for you. Water man. ice. We got <laughs> loads of water ice. We'll get stop by Rita's and get them. Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Thanks for coming by, Scott. I'm gonna. I'll check it out. I'll, Thank I, you. I, I will. I will get on board. And Gabe Cap, if you're listening, check it out too. You're invited to the show. Daryl Hall, John Oates, everyone's invited. Oh, <laughs> yes. We'll get them on board. All right, let's hear Scott Rogowski, guys.